0: Tennessee playing what amounts to a 4-4 fake, and there's a touchdown! Touchdown, my God, a (laughs) touchdown! We threw it to to Haynes! My God Almighty, did you see what he did? We just stepped
1: on their face with a hobtail boot and broke.
2: Welcome to this special edition of the DGD Podcast. As you know, it is me, your boy, Robert Reynolds, along with a few other guest guys, uh, around the NCAA. Got a golden blue dude over here to my, to my right, uh, Aaron Bass from fifth quarter Clemson, and we've got a representative of fifth quarter LSU as well. Guys, thanks for coming in. It is uh, obviously, for those that we've been hyping this up for a while, if you're not familiar with what's going on, this episode is strictly for charity, which obviously any donation goes to St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital. So this is college football for the kids. Uh, let's just start off with introducing ourselves, guys. Hey, Golden Blue, dude, introduce yourself. Let people know uh, more about you, and then we'll work with uh, Aaron, and then we'll go
0: down to the uh, the Bayou bingo himself. Sounds good. First off, I appreciate you having me on here. This is a, a great show. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of your podcasts um uh, my youtube channel golden blue dude i pretty much do college football videos every day right now i'm in the middle of season predictions teams uh 43 and 44 should be coming out today so i'm pretty excited for that uh college football season is going to be here soon so my channel is really starting to ramp up the season predictions and all that kind of stuff hey so while we here, uh sorry aaron before i have to cut you off so people are already
2: asking about the uh where to donate uh, if you look in the chat here, I have the link uh, posted so that you can just click it and go. Uh, but if you're not familiar, it is right here. I will post it for a little bit right there. Uh, and Aaron, I guess while everybody can check out the donation URL, I'll let you introduce yourself.
3: Not a problem. Hi guys, my name is Aaron. Uh, I am the uh, I am the fifth quarter contributor for the Clemson page. Uh, I also do their uh, their um, uh, article writing. Um, I'm just born and bred Clemson fan. I just try to keep everything on, um, on Twitter. So unfortunately, I don't really have like a face, uh, a Facebook or like a YouTube or anything. Um, but if you guys are, uh, are, um, interested in, in what I create, what I write and, um, what I tweet, just follow, um, at FQ Clemson on, on Twitter and you will be, um, completely up to date. I'm just, uh, I'm just excited to be on here. You know, it's a, uh, uh, it's a great cause with with um, some great dudes, and uh, I'm just excited to get into it.
2: All right, man. Bayou Bingo. Let's hear it. Hey, so I'm Garrett. Um, I run the fifth quarter
4: LSU page. Um, You know, I don't do podcasts. and really not my thing. But, you know, for a great cause, I'll come out and I'll come talk, you know. Usually the guy behind the phone, but, you know, for
2: kids these days and for everybody at St. Jude, you know, why not come out? Hey Amen. Thank you for coming on. I know obviously you said you don't really, uh, get it. You get your, uh, the mug in front of the face, uh, in the cameras, but Hey, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Uh, guys. So like I said, he, the donation link is right here. Uh, I'll go ahead and show uh, a graphic here of the rewards, uh, per se, uh, for donating, uh, since people have been talking about it. So let me get this off the list here first. Give me a second guys. So for $1, if you donate a dollar, uh, I'll probably don't, I'll I'll be in charge of this. So uh, we'll acknowledge the donation, obviously give you a good thank you. Uh, Obviously, since it's going to the kids, uh, moving on to five, you'll look at, you'll actually get to choose the uh, topic of conversation amongst us. So whatever we're talking about, if we see this, you know, leave the comment saying what you want to talk about, and I'll confirm it and we will switch topic to what you choose to do so uh ten have someone say a rival rally cry. that's that's like um, me saying yeah guys yeah that's like me saying go gators um uh, you know whatever the case may be right uh, so you know roll tide for uh mr garrett down there something like that uh twenty dollars you have you get to choose one of us to sing our rivals fight song. Um, yeah, so definitely I don't want to sing Rocky Top, but for a good cause, I guess I'll learn and sing and warm these vocal cords up. Let's just say that. And for 25 bucks, guys, you can literally, I'll give you an invitation and you can come on the show. So, uh, just, just hit me up at Twitter, right? Uh, if, if you do so, uh, DM, uh, at the DGD podcast, and I can send you that link and you can come on the show. Uh, obviously if you donate 25 bucks. Uh, And the good thing is, guys, also, these aren't just the uh, only rewards that uh, certain Jews are doing. You can actually gift like items, uh, actual physical items uh, for the kids as well and different uh, things like that. So whenever you if you do donate, you'll see that um, you you could choose that option. So keep that in mind. But guys, let's uh, start off first. A little bit of a somber note here. Uh, Mark Ritt, obviously former Georgia coach. Uh, You know, diagnosed with Parkinson's uh, last night He had went on to Twitter to uh, make that announcement And uh, before anything, I just want to kind of give thoughts and prayers uh, To him and his family Uh, That's obviously, this is just before we actually get to talking here Obviously meant a lot to Georgia fans Uh, You know, ACC with Miami uh, And obviously still contributing to the ACC network Uh, Aaron, you know what I'm talking about So obviously thoughts and prayers going out to him Uh, and his family as well but guys i think the biggest topic here and this will be a great topic starter nil just popped in yesterday and already saw a ton of guys around the ncaa you know establishing brands uh, sponsorships things like that right you're going to have this mixture of you know positive feedback and negative feedback and i think you know it's something that we've just got to get used to right now so Want to hear each one of your takeaways on your basic thoughts of NIL? Uh, you know, do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad, and why? Uh, Golden Blue, Dude, we'll start with you, and then work, Aaron, and then uh, Garrett.
0: Uh, honestly, I think it's a good thing. This is not what a lot of people think it is. A lot of people think that the NIL is the universities paying the players, uh, which would make them employees of the university. That's not what's going on, guys. What's going on is This gives the players permission to use their own brand, their own name, likenesses, all that stuff to make money. And I've been saying it all along. Why not? Everybody else is making money off their names and likenesses. Why aren't they allowed to? So I think this is a great thing. I know this is going to be used for, uh, you know, some type of recruiting tactic. And uh, at first, it's going to be a filling out process. Some teams are going to have, you know, a lot uh, a lot better leverage than other teams but I think in the end it's going to even out and this gives players a fair shot to make money themselves because a lot of people don't realize not all these players are going to go on to the NFL and make a lot of money. So allow them to make some money while they can. And as long as it doesn't turn into an employee situation where the universities themselves are paying the players, I'm fine with it.
2: I'm agree with you there. Aaron, what are your takeaways, bud? Uh, I mean, uh,
3: it's uh a, it is an exciting day in college um, college sports. It's one of those things that uh, that there was a lot of criticism going around about it. No one really knew what it was. And um, being fifth quarter Clemson, you know, I, I have been getting my ear rang about the Dabo Sweeney comments from two years ago. But it's just one of those things that, you know, to clear up, he was not against NIL. He was against the whole universities directly paying their athletes you know that was one thing that he didn't like because when the players are getting paid by the university themselves it's very hard to actually regulate that you know like fact of the matter is you know d1 schools like clemson lsu uga west virginia are going to have a lot more money to play with and possibly pay their players than you know georgia state you know, Louisiana, Lafayette, Wofford, Marshall. So it's one of those things that you have to really understand that if you were going to do a university's playing, it would it would have to be a base salary. And then at that point, they're employees. And it just, it creates a lot more gray areas. I think the um, NIL way is just, is the perfect way. Because as we're seeing, it's not just about college football it's not just about male athletes i mean some of the biggest contracts have already gone out to female athletes we have um uh um, garrett would know the um livy girl lsu gymnast she's huge huge on tiktok she's a huge um social media influencer and now her having the ability to actually make a profit off of having millions of followers and millions of Interactions is huge. And frankly, I'm seeing more big name deals done with female athletes of non-power, I guess you could say sports, than I have seen with male college football athletes. You know, so it's just an, it, it's an exciting day and most of the main fears about it are already being thrown out the window simply because I they're just fears based off of the idea that people believe one sport, one gender, this and that is better than the other. So, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just excited to see how it goes. You know, there um obviously we're gonna talk about it like a lot more, but
4: yeah, I'm just excited. It's a huge day. Gary,
2: yeah, what about you, bud?
4: <clears throat> uh just like, you know, Golden Blue say, you know, most people don't understand what it is and the only reason there's outrage is they really don't understand how big it is for athletes, you know. It'll, like um just like Aaron was saying with like Livy Dunn, you know, all these different, you know, people who are able to do what they want, you know. Uh I forgot who said, no, um, you know, most people aren't gonna make it to NFL, so love to make some money while they can, you know. You know it's like I said, you know, there's still gonna be a whole lot of gray areas with all this everything new. is gonna have gray areas, you know, it's not gonna be fully kinked out till a few years, you know. But like, like you say, you know, you have all these universities who are going to be able to, you know, give you more followers, who are going to give you more of a fan base than most. Like, Libby Dunn is probably going to be the most paid athlete in the country. There's no denying that she has the biggest fan base. You know, I already have a picture with her, so I can, you know, sell autographs for that now, you know. Absolutely. You know it, it, it is what <laughs> it is, you know. I feel important now. So I, I have a, uh, the newest, the biggest NIL athlete out there in my camera roll you know oh yeah. it's just that's what it is but you know you know like i said you know people just are creating outrage because they don't understand it you know people aren't you, you have young kids who are possibly going to be making more money than them and that's okay you know but you know like i said give it a few years it's going to be kinked out and you know
2: college you know college course and it's going to be the same way it was two years ago so I, I can't agree with you more, man. I, I'm on the I'm on board with with Golden Blue, dude, as well. I think that if you're looking at <clears throat> basic economics of it, right? You know, I hate to, I hate to sound business like, but I mean, it's what I do. Supply and demand is going to dictate these guys, and you know things like that. So yeah, you're going to you know by nature you're going to see your quarterbacks in you know, certain positions benefit more. However, there's you know you're still looking at these guys. You're giving them opportunities for one. So. everybody's getting an opportunity, you know, to do something like that. I brought on uh, Alan George. He's a starting cornerback from uh, Vanderbilt. And we were talking about the upcoming at the time, uh, NIO. And, you know, he brought up a very good point, And I love reiterating this. It's basically if you take an average you know, student, they can make money while they're in college, right? If they're on full scholarship, they can do that. So why limit a football player or, you know, a, an athlete? Why limit them? You know if you know if if they're good at something whether like for his instance he uh, video games a lot and streams so you know looking at something like that you know it made sense to me you know it really clicked and set in listening from his standpoint I really enjoyed that conversation because it opened my eyes to his level and an athlete's level so you know I'm glad that these guys have the opportunity to you know, to to bet on themselves. Right. If, if they can find ways to host camps or, you know, sell T-shirts or, you know, signatures, cameo, whatever, all these different options you're seeing, especially on social media. It's all over the place. Why not let these guys do it? And I'm, and I'm glad that it's happening. Um, you know, obviously, there's some backlash or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a new situation. And I think, you know, when you look at it, it, things will get smoothed out over time. It'll you know what I mean? At least that's my logic of it. Um, so that's my take on the NIL. Um, the only, you know, the only thing
0: that I would say, <laughs> I feel bad for the people that are in the compliance departments of these universities, cause that's going to be a freaking nightmare to start out with, to make sure, because they, they're going to have to make sure that these athletes do still stay in compliance because there are rules in place. And for those guys in the compliance department, this is, this is going to be, uh, uh, very tricky to start out with. To start out with I think it'll get smoothed over but right now I would not want to be working in the compliance departments of these universities yeah I know that uh yeah I don't know how to feel about that either but uh, compliance is gonna that's a nightmare <laughs> that is a nightmare <sighs> but um uh,
2: yeah. go ahead did you, you have something to say
4: I, know, I was going to say, just like you're saying with the compliance department, you know, all these rules were just put into place, you know, over a course of two days, you know. So you're going to have all these questions being asked and they're going to say, I don't know how to answer that right now. Yep. You know, I feel, I feel like it's just going to, you know, like I said, the biggest problem with everything is is the uncertainty of not knowing what's happening, you know. And I feel like, you know, over, like I said, over the next few months, next few years, everything is going to be brought to light and it's just going to get better, you know.
0: This proves how incompetent the NCAA is. I mean, uh, they should have done this a long time ago. And it seems like that they had to put something together really, really quick. And that's why there's going to be issues in the beginning, not because this is a bad thing. It's because they they finally realize that they're supposed to do this. This needed to happen. And so, you know, last minute, two days, you know, whatever, put something together and we're done. And now, you know, now it's in the compliance department's hands. And to me, I, I honestly don't know why the NCAA exists because to me, and last year pointed this out, the NCAA is incompetent. Whenever the COVID issue up, uh, we don't know what to do. And it was left to the conferences. What happened? Some conferences had 10 games, some eight, some, you know, it was crazy. The only the only real reason the NCAA exists right now is to punish people. So that's, that's one thing that's really, you know, broadened my horizons on the NCAA. What is the point of them existing? There is no point. They're very incompetent. Hey,
2: hey, guys. Um, hey, Garrett. What's up? Um, so there's a donation for ten dollars. Uh, from myself. From myself, I'm gonna need you to. It's ten dollar donation, buddy. So I'm gonna need you to uh, warm those vocal cords up and and say that uh, Alabama uh, rally crowd, uh, man. There you go. There you go. I don't know who this Facebook user is, guys, but I helped you out. So, and if you, hey, if you do it again, you can make us say whatever you want as many times as you want. I'm here for it. <laughs> Let's see. No, 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 no. You just say the rally cry. That's it's a $10 donation. It's not a 20. The so R- just, R- yeah. Just, just say it. That's all you got to do. If it's 20, oh. then we got to, yeah, the, t- the $20 donation <laughs> to clarify guys, anybody listening, watching the $20 donation allows one of us here to really sing the, uh, the fight song. Uh, $10 donations allow have one person of your choice to say the rally cry. Oh, man. Uh, you got to say uh, it. Roll Tide Roll. <laughs> oh, man, that is painful. I could see that was, it. That, that
0: was painful. I think you can do better than that.
2: Next time, guys. Next time. Hey, he's warming up. He's, he's a little shy. Remember that, man. He's he's not one to come in front of the, the camera all the time. So we got to give him a little bit of the doubt there, man.
0: I'll give him a buy on that.
2: Hey, fair enough. Hey, guys, so I want to get y'all's opinions on this. Obviously, with nil, you know, I love video games. When I can get a chance, I will gladly play them. Um, what does this mean for college sports video games? Obviously, if you're a gamer, you it's it's a cult following. You have oh, your yeah. NCAA 14, your football 14, and then you have well, you have college baseball, right? Every I don't know if y'all remember the college baseball It goes all the way back to like 07, and then. Uh, basketball goes back to 2010. I know football's already been stated, but this this has got to be the first steps for EA Sports to hit back up on the, the college baseballs games, the college basketball games. I think it has to, right? Or or is that something that you just see the football come back for? Well, the uh, fo-
0: EA Sports was already talking about bringing back the football for next year. Well, yeah, uh, no, so I that, know. That was, was going to be a done deal. But I think this – is going to make it even better because you're not just going to have generic teams where you're like, yeah, it's a, you know, tongue in cheek thing. Yeah, I know who that is, but they can't really say his name. And it's like, now it's like, you know who that is. That's, it's going to be great. I've missed that. And they had, they even have this cult thing online where they've kept the last version and they just keep updating it and updating it and updating it. Uh, That's a legal loophole that they've been going around. Now EA Sports can actually put out year to year, uh, college football games with your actual favorite play- players in there. I'm super excited about it.
2: Yeah, I have revamped, guys. That, I'm, I'm telling you, know. you revamped, if, if you're not a gamer, it, it, it's. I love it. I, lo- I absolutely love it. You're going to have to play it on your PS3 or your Xbox 360. So, you know, a lot of people probably don't have those. But if you do, I suggest you get one, get a copy of the game, and find out how to do it because that I'm telling you, uh, current uniforms – And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was talking to some people about that. Uh, Some of the guys that do the uh, programming for the revamped to actually start doing the things for the game. So, you know, EA took notice, you know what I mean? And I think that's a really good step. I I really think that's a good step because you're going to see, obviously, with the technology now, we saw what happens with revamped on 2014. Just imagine what it's going to look like in 2022, 2023 when it comes to PS5, Xbox S, you know things like that. It's going to be insane, and and, and being able to play with JT Daniels or Keishawn Bute if he's still there, uh, you know uh, DJ for Clemson, things like that. Right? Some of the biggest names can be on that game. It's going to be absolutely fucking fun to deal with. It really is, and I can't yeah. wait for it. I don't know if y'all are gamers, Aaron Garrett. Oh yeah, no, oh, no yeah. dude, I play. Of course, I play. Well, I.
3: Oh, I, 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 you go ahead. I specifically kept my 360 to play NCA, 14. I have revamped. I've I've been playing it, uh, for ever since it came out. Um, I'm gonna let Garrett do his piece, but I do have some uh, some concerns a- about nil and how
4: how EA is going to go about it. And even with you know, all like speaking of video games, you know, especially with the, you know, not even considering like with Madden or EA or anything, but. Now you bring up a whole new, you know, pipeline of video games, esports, and with all these universities. You have all these, you know, huge leagues. You have FaZe, Optic Game. You have all these different things. Soon, I, I believe sooner or later you're going to see that being the new professional league, and then now you're going to have college. You're going to have e drafts sooner now, you know. That's what you're going to have. You know, you're, you're literally about to bring out a whole esports, making it look like, you know, NFL, MLB, you know, and, you know, College sports, you know, like college esports, you know, yeah, the players get paid for, from that championship, from all that money, but at the same time, you know, majority of the money goes right back into the program. Now you have all these, you know, different things where you're going to be sponsored by Face, sponsored by Optic Gaming, you know, and it's just going to bring, like I said, it's going to bring a whole new pipelines to what could
2: have been years ago and years ago.
0: Yes, uh, yeah,
2: I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like I said, I'm glad to see where what opportunities these guys have, right? Like. They, they do things, you know, they're, they're not just athletes guys. Remember that, you know, obviously when you look at athletes, a lot of people just look at Georgia football players or Clemson football. The, these guys are student athletes, like treat them yeah. as a student as well. You know, just because they're an athlete doesn't limit them to being just an athlete. So, yeah. you know, give them the, you know, kind of, I think doing this right kind of gives them that freedom to, you know, to do things that a normal kid can do. Right. Like I said earlier, you know, if a, if a normal kid, if I'm in school on a full scholarship, you know, I I get my room and board paid for sure. But at the end of the day, I can still do things, you know, go to work or, you know, provide services, things like that and get paid for. It. And there's no question. Nobody bats an eye. You know, but when it comes to football and, and all these other sports, it really it seems like it's way overdue. And honestly, oh, yeah. it should have never it should have been a thing a long time ago. It should have never really been, you know. Now, obviously, the regulation and, and kind of protecting the kids, and that's a big deal, right? I, I, I genuinely believe that's a big deal. But, like, why do we have to limit these kids and restrict them from, you know, from if, – if they're a huge name, sign an autograph. Like, why, why can't I get 50 bucks off of that? So, you know, like I said, I'm glad to see that, you know, the NIL is a thing now. Uh, obviously, you've got that feedback where people think, you know, they, they've got room and board right? And they've got room and board, they've got meals, they got food, things like that. And, and I get that. But then it kind of ties back into, you know, their kids. Let you know, if, if you can make money off of it, cool. You know what I mean? Like, right. people can do that. So why can't an athlete do it? At least that's my logic. Um, okay. but
1: look, no, go go ahead.
4: ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'll say, say like, even speaking like that, you know, like you said, you know, they're getting a room and board paid for it, But at the same time, it's they're not even wanting money, you know, to just spend, you know. Like you said, not everybody makes it to the league, you know. All these, you know, people who are playing college football, you know, that's going to be their biggest chance for success in life is that small yep. little chance. Now, what ha- say what happens if they don't make it to NFL. You know, all that money that they could have earned in college, it's going right back to their family, you know. Yep. Uh, you know, you look at all these athletes in the NFL. What's the very first thing they do with that money? They buy their mom a car. Buy their yeah. mama house. You know, it's never been about oh well. I want all this money. I want to go to clubs. You know, you know, athletes. You know, LSU. You know, athletes aren't supposed to go to Tigerlands, but they do. But they don't. It's you know, it's a whole thing about it. But at the same time, you know, people think oh well, they just want money for clubs. They want money for you know, drugs and everything. They can get no. that. You know, that's the easiest thing for, for them to get into. You oh, know, yeah. you, your name is out there. You know, if you're Joe Bro, you're getting into any building for free. I don't care who you are. Yep. what building it is.
2: But, right. you know, Let's be now, honest here. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm no, sorry. My
4: apologies. But I was going to say, like, you know, you know, the first thing that they're going to do with that money is support their family back home, you know, but
2: well, you would think so. But I mean, I get your logic behind it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just think God, these guys have been getting paid. <laughs> Let's be honest. They've been getting paid. No, no team got called. Oh, yeah. but, but now it's, you know, for us, it's right in front of our face. And, yeah. Like I said, I'm happy for them. I mean, let's be honest. You said there you you bring utter joy and devastation to us four right here. That's the – you know, make some money off of that, man. Like, do what you got to do. You know, it's a it's business. We know that, right? NCAA is just – I don't understand how they're still a, a business, but you get what I mean. Like – I, I'll, I'll bash, I'll bash them every time I, ch- I can. I just don't like the NCAA. At least the leadership they got now, I just I don't care for it too much. No. But anyways, I mean, so we've got this right here, right? The, uh, the NIL. I'm telling you right now, though, I think the NIL you're starting to see a resurgence in programs that you know that have a lot of donors. USC sticks out to me. You look at what they're doing in recruiting right now, and re- I mean, let's be honest, Clemson down here, you know, Aaron, Florida State. Florida State is killing it right now in recruiting, um, you know. And I'm wondering now. I don't know how much of a factor that has in it, but for USC, I genuinely believe that uh, the NIL situation is really helping them because of the branding uh, and the market yes. they're in, you know. So, which which leads me to a resurgence in USC and the playoff expansion. Yeah. You know, let's talk about some playoff expansion. I think, yeah, I, if uh, you know,
3: if uh, you don't mind me, um, um, interrupting real quick, yeah. uh, the whole idea of alumni bases and brand and this and that one thing that i do want to point out is that is an ncaa compliance violation a the a player an athlete must be must be given an opportunity to have nil through a through an unaffiliated third-party company Mm -hmm. An alumni cannot help the player get that nil the or or even passively help one of those things like oh oh like i'm like one of the biggest things is nike and oregon like i'm gonna tell you right now if if a nike or if an oregon student athlete gets sponsored or gets an endorsement by nike it is going to rain absolute hell on Oregon simply for the fact that it it is a compliance violation. And it is one of those things that everyone has questioned these brands like USC, like Oregon, like Michigan, like even UNC with the Jordan brand, the, the student athlete has to get it from an unbiased party and they can do it through, an unbiased or a um, unaffiliated agent, but it is one of those things. Like just because like a USC alumni is uh, is who knows who cares, and they're helping these student athletes get access to to NIL. That's a huge violation. And going back at it, the NCAA is only out there to punish people. They are going to crack down. On USC they're going to crack down on Oregon they're going to crack crack down on whomever it is getting that endorsement deal through through an alumni through a booster so it just makes it a little bit more difficult for the compliance offices and you yep. know one can hope that the universities that the student athletes are going to keep their integrity to keep to keep honest and do it the right way. But as you stated, let's be honest, everyone's paying everyone. It's just, you know, it isn't, here's the way I say it's only against the rules if and when you get caught. No one's really gotten caught. So if, so if there is a, a athlete who's doing something through whomever through like a booster, it's probably not going to happen. You know, like, you know, like I would be remiss if like, I didn't say like, going to Clemson games my entire life being being in Tiger Town just about every weekend twice a week whatever it is hey i've seen things i know things I'm not going to say anything but everyone does it everyone's a part of it and if you really think you are better than anyone else because of it you're just not you know that's just how college sports is but i mean i don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. But I do know for a fact, if like Nike and Oregon or an Oregon athlete does something, questions are going to be raised and the NCA is going to get directly involved. That's just, that's just pure fact.
0: Yeah. And there's going to be some fronts established it's going to be like the real world where, you know, they can't get it from this source. So they'll have that source, send it to this source. And then that source, We'll send it to the athletes. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of that going on. Uh, I got a quick question off topic, real quick. This is kind of out of left field. Aaron, are you? I know you're. Uh, you're. Uh, do you work for Clemson? Are you in Clemson?
3: Uh, I am. I am not affiliated with the university. Uh, I do have media credentials for some of the athletic teams, but I uh, I am not actually like based out of Clemson. I uh, I just kind of like do this like on on my free time i was just born and raised a tiger fan um um, uh should have would have liked to have gone there for school things didn't really work out the way i wanted it to but you know um i kept the faith kept the love and i'm currently reaping the rewards of that
0: well the reason i asked is i actually live near clemson i'm like 10 minutes out of clemson and I'm about to do a, my Clemson Georgia prediction, and my plan is to go and you know where the gate is in front of Howard's Rock. Yeah. I'm going to shoot in front of there. I'm going to try to get a little crowd of students and stuff, and do like a game day t- type of thing. So I didn't know if you were uh, around the Clemson area. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um.
3: Um. Nah, um unfortunately, uh, I'm not. I'm based out of. Uh, I'm based out of North Atlanta.
0: Okay. I got gotcha. you. Sorry, yes. <clears throat> I did have
2: a question, Aaron. You mentioned, you know, like Oregon with Nike, uh, North Carolina with, with Jordan. So, you know, looking at these, you know, these contracts that these uh, apparel companies have with the schools. I, in my opinion, I don't think you can see a Nike-sponsored school like a Georgia. You're not going to see a kid be able to get endorsed by Adidas because of the contracts with the school. So, to your to your point, I, I guess the question is, how will compliance handle? situations where, you know, Jordan was based out of, you know, obviously North Carolina and, and Nike with Oregon. How do you how do you allow them the same opportunity without, you know, being that kind of bias? I think that's where the question would arise. You know what I mean? Like how would that work? Do you, I mean, do you all have any ideas on what you would think it would be?
3: Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know. All, all I would say is you would have thought June 1st w- or July 1st would have been this absolute bombshell. It's athletes signing with just uh, just absolute buku companies, but the way it's really looking like it's not really giving athletes the opportunity to get endorsed. Is it's more of the opportunity for an athlete to create their own merchandise? I mean, you know, um, Derek King already uh, started his line. Justin Ross started a line. Um, Kendall Milton is starting a line. Spencer Rattler. Um, Um, Garrett Mertz out of Wisconsin. You're seeing all these guys just start their own lines. I do not think they're actually going to sign any kind of like endorsement deals with actual companies uh, or at least of the like athletic apparel because you know, their schools already have contracts And I mean like I don't want to see people as being sleazy like this or being scummy but if an athlete wants to sign with Adidas and they go to a Nike school that athlete's not gonna play a lot yeah exactly. that's just that, that, that's <clears throat> just how it's gonna be I don't care you know you know like I want to be positive I want to think that that wouldn't be the case but if that's an athlete it mer- makes the it, 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 in my opinion the very poor decision to sign a merchandise deal with a competitor company that is sponsoring that pays their school hundreds of millions of dollars to wear their apparel to sell their apparel then I mean that's a decision that in all honesty me as me as a coach would make me question their decisions on the field right because right. I have no doubt if if a player signs with Adidas and they go to a Nike school one if they're signing with Adidas that means their school, their compliance office, their their administration is aware that this athlete is getting apparel offers and they're saying it's okay. So the idea that they would do a, a competitor company is just far and beyond stupid in my opinion. Right? Yeah. But most of the apparel contracts are more of just giving the athlete the opportunity to create their own merchandise to launch their own lines, to to do collaborative efforts, but doing it outside of the norm, outside of the usual, I guess like big five companies. And then the other endorsements we're seeing, in all honesty, are mostly just mom and pop shops. You know, I like like outside of like the big branding comp like a branding company, like a advertising company company no athletes are really doing big endorsements you know we saw that Arkansas dude I'm just telling you right now I don't know his name I don't know why PetSmart would sign him no one knows who in the right mind that dude is I guess it's just because he loves his dog there's a lot of athletes that love their dogs you know yeah Pet Smart, the dogs you know it's um I don't know I think Some athletes are kind of making poor decisions. Some companies are just kind of doing it to do it. But it isn't really a mystery why the best and the brightest athletes, or at least for college football, haven't signed anything yet. There's nothing in ink. There's nothing on paper. And that's simply because there's a lot you have to work out. There's a lot you have to figure out. You have to make sure it doesn't clash with the school. It doesn't clash with a brand. So... I don't know. There isn't really, like, a, a way to go about it. I would just say, like, if you're an athlete, you know, like, I, I know people don't like people being critical of athletes. I'm not being critical of an athlete. I'm being critical of a person here. Don't be stupid enough to sign Adidas when you go to a Nike school. Don't sign Under Armour when you go to Oregon. That's just stupid, and you're going to not play because of it. I don't care how good you are. Someone's going to think of a way to get to get you off the field, and it's going to happen you know that's just a great country we live in people are going to collude against each other it's going to happen just don't be stupid about it
0: yeah that's what people don't realize this is not more about sponsorship this is more about giving the athletes to make money off themselves creating their own brand this isn't about athletes signing with nike or signing that's going to happen uh students are going to make bad decisions but this was more about just giving them the op that's like you know when you create a youtube channel you get to a certain point, you can make money off yourself. You can get sponsors later, but that's not what it's about. It's about creating your own brand and making money off yourself. That's what this whole thing uh, was kind of focused on. Yes, bad decisions are going to get made and people will sign sponsorships with uh, brands that they're not supposed to. But this was more about athletes being able to make money off themselves.
2: I agree with you. Hey, so I want to... um. I want to kind of switch topics here. I know we had talked about, obviously, NIL uh, pretty well. So the college football, uh, college football playoffs got expanded to 12 teams. Garrett, I want to hear your thoughts. Might be good. expanded. They're exploring it, the possibility. Expanded. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to happen. happen. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's going to happen. 2023. But, yeah. Hey, Garrett, so we'll start off with you, and then we'll work Aaron and then Golden Blue. Do you think it's a good idea to expand to 12 if so, let me know. If not, let me know. I mean, there's no reason to not do it. You know,
4: you have, you know, all these school. I mean, prime example, Florida last year, you know. You know, they played their bowl game, and I get Kyle Trask played. He threw how many interceptions, I don't care. But look at who was starting. You know, you had your third-string wide receiver as your wide receiver one. Your your, bigger, your biggest players opted out. There was no point in playing a bowl game no more, you know. If you're not in the playoffs, you're not playing. It, it doesn't matter anymore. No and I think it's getting to the point to where you're going to have to expand the playoffs. And quite frankly, I really don't see a reason, like I said, to not expand it. You know, there's all these pros to expanding it. And, you know, there may be one or two cons, You know, w- whatever they are. Like there's negatives and positives about everything. But I think the positives severely outweigh the negatives in this situation. You know, you're going to have, you know playoff games like you know the you know exploration of having four playoff games at home you know well how however many at home and then you're going to have some at a neutral site you know I think all the keys are going to get worked out but I think the you know possibilities of playoffs in the college football are just
2: you know too much to handle right now Sorry if you saw me waving. If you're watching live, I waved to Harrison. He just popped in and said, what's up? So I didn't want to stop you in uh, in mid-conversation, Garrett. But, you know, uh, Aaron, I take what uh, Garrett just said here. You know, what are your thoughts on the uh, playoff expansion?
3: Um, I am all for expansion. Uh, um, the idea of mandatory inclusion is what I don't like. Twelve teams, in, in my opinion, is just too many. Look, look. The playoffs with a four team layout has already shown some massive blowouts. Just complete teams that don't match up together, right? Like, let's look at 2018 Clemson, Notre Dame, right? Thir- what was it, 30 to three? Clemson, Alabama, 44 13 or 44 16, right? Clemson, LSU. You know, I don't want to say it, beat the brakes off of us. Fact of the matter is, There's the top Epsilon, there's the top tier, there's a big gap, and then there's everyone else. I like the idea of expanding. I think if you want to reward the better teams and give them a buy, I'm all for that. Six teams. Top two seeds get a buy. Other four teams play it out. But the big thing, the big thing that absolutely aggravates me about this (laughs) proposal is and shows just how poorly thought out it was. You have Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Those are the top four teams in, in the country, top four programs in the country, without a doubt. Those are the four teams who are going to be in those top four slots nine times out of ten, right? Might have UGA, you know, beat beat Alabama in the um, SEC ship might have LSU slide in, but fact of the matter is those are the four best teams in the country and they're not going to be able to play in a home playoff game because they're just that good. You're in an effort to re- reward a team for being good and giving them a buy. You're taking away probably the biggest game day of that college town you can ever think of, right? You put a home playoff game in Athens, right? As a Clemson fan, if you put a home playoff game in Athens, I'm going to be there, right? You put a home playoff game, Baton Rouge, the entire state's going to be there. Put it in Clemson. The entire state's going to be there. Put it in Morgantown, the entire state of West Virginia, half the state of Virginia and half the state of Pennsylvania is going to be there, right? That is the biggest money-making day in those towns by far. And like, they're all college towns. Towns that significantly saw a drop in revenue, a drop in tax income because of because of the pandemic. Right? Mm -hmm. So in an effort to reward these top four teams, you're taking away their ability to host a home playoff game, right? I'm fine with 12 teams. Fine. I I I am okay with, you know, some some team who thinks they're hot shit getting their brains beat in by fifty. By, by someone who actually deserves to be in an actual playoff championship format, I'm not okay with these programs getting the advantage of hosting a home playoff game. That's my thing. Because along with a home playoff game, it is, ticket, it is tickets, ticket allocation, right? It is the most difficult thing every year for me to try to get a ticket to whatever playoff game Clemson's going to, right? When Clemson played LSU, I was barely on that cut line of getting I a got, got booster
4: ticket.
3: you're so. cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if this game, you know, like put it put it in South Bend, ninety eight percent is going to be Notre Dame fans, right? Clemson fans. We aren't going to have the opportunity to send 80,000 strong into Death Valley for that game. And that's what aggravates me. As much as I don't want to come off as this elitist of this idea that teams just aren't good enough, we also need to embrace the fact that teams just are not good enough. Right? Like, I understand that Florida team was good and all. They weren't weren't playoff caliber good enough. Hell no they weren't playoff caliber good enough. You know, you put um I mean Oklahoma, they're never playoff caliber good enough. So, just expanding and throwing more teams in there, I mean, hell. Let's just expand it to 128. Throw out the entire regular season. You lose in the first week, your season's done. I don't care. Your season's done. You you run through the gauntlet, you win it all, congratulations. You're you you're a national champion. That's the only way you're going to appease some of these fans who don't understand that fact of the matter is you have to be good enough. And teams just aren't that.
2: You know, I'm looking at it this way, though. The, you know, teams that make it, what, five through eight, right, I would think get the home uh, home team there, yeah. home advantage. Yeah, you know, I, I just hope that the ranking system, right, the, the committee that ranks these teams get it right. Because if they do, it makes sense for the home team to get that. They've earned it, right? Like, it's not like a, you know, like, no, no bias where I hate to say this, but I mean, when, when Bama came in at uh, a lot, and we beat, uh, Georgia had beat Auburn in the uh, SEC championship, right? So we came in in the number one. Uh, and then obviously uh, Auburn had beat Bama that year, but Bama slides in at the four. You know, obviously, that's one situation, like, kind of situation that way. But, you know, the five through eight, I would like to think that they earned the right to play in those games. And, you know, as a reward for that, I I think that's why the home field advantage. Now obviously the ticket splits, things like that, like, you know, I I get I get where your point is. I see where you're going with it. I, I just, you know, look at teams like when we went when Georgia went to Notre Dame, obviously it was a regular season, not a playoff game. But teams travel still. And I, I think you're going to see that now with the playoff game, that's TBD if it happens or whatever the case may be. But, you know, the, the teams that are five through eight earn that right. I would like to hope. I would like to hope that they do. So I think you have to give them that credit there. And then I think that's just the, the perk of playing the home game, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, At least I that's say what I would see. I would say this, right? <clears throat> yes, you want this idea that five through eight deserve their chance to host You want the idea that 9 through 12 have earned their chance to play in it. If you want to do this based off of earned and you want to do this based off of who has the right, then just don't do the rankings and just pick teams. Pick teams that you think should be in there because there's no way in hell I as a Clemson fan, I as a college football fan would support the notion that a 9-3 and football team, has any right playing for a college football national championship, right? A- Alabama, that 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 team was good enough. They they deserve to make it in, right? That every everyone knew that a one loss Bama team was not going to miss out. And there are still ways to protect teams if they have two losses, right? Let's say Clemson beats UGA, Clemson loses or UGA loses one SEC game but they go on and beat Bama in the SEC championship. There's no way that two-loss UGA team who beat Bama in an SEC championship game is not making the playoffs. They're making the playoffs. There's a way for a two-loss team to make the playoffs. You just got to run your gauntlet, and you have to keep in the driver's seat. That's the main thing. That's the one thing that I harp at. Teams, fans, stay in the driver's seat. Don't leave it up to chance because at that point, you have no one to blame but yourself, right?
2: Yep, I agree. A
3: three-loss team who didn't even play in their championship game shouldn't make a playoff, right? That's just like, how I believe that's how it should be. And and if you want to expand, then maybe go to eight. I, th- I think the only reason someone proposed 12 was because deep down in their heart, they knew their team wasn't good enough to make the eight. If your team's not good enough to make the eight, that's not good enough to make the six and and to make the four. So if you want to expand and to appease everyone, just make it 128. You know, just throw out the regular season. And yeah, I I do think the teams five through eight, you would hope have earned a chance to hold host a home playoff game. But five through eight, some some of those teams just experienced their second loss already in a championship caliber game. I don't think they should be rewarded by hosting. A playoff game congratulations you you lost your championship game you lost your second the second game of the year here's a home playoff game where you are going to make millions of dollars
4: and i i, I guess i don't know i feel like the i mean you look at you can look at I'm a college sports standpoint you know my biggest two favorite times of the year march madness and you have you know college world series you know those are undoubtedly two of my favorite times of the year and i get there two different sports in football you know you can win one game of football and then you can absolutely get destroyed against the same team you just beat you know a few weeks later you know but you know you also gotta look at it you know you had north carolina state just now you know college baseball you know they went from a team that nobody stood to being the number one team in the country to possibly they could have beat vanderbilt and went to the you know the championship but ncaa happened you know, but then you know, like uh, like I'm looking at it right here. You know, let's let's just look at the 2019 season. You know, if I think I'm not looking at 2020, I don't. Coastal Carolina will never ever be in the top, you know, 12 again. I don't care. Don't uh, you dare you know. talk about the
2: mullets from Myrtle like that.
4: Oh, you hush. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you yeah, got top four: LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. You know, your best your best four teams in um in you know 2019. Then number five through eight: you know, Oregon, Florida, Oklahoma, Alabama. Number nine through 12. Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. You would have those four top teams have a uh, bye So they're, they're, they are they're they going to have a home game that second week. We all know that. Uh, that's how it's going to work out. Your top four seeds are going to have that home game that second week. So now you have Oregon, Florida, Oklahoma, Alabama. Alabama's playing Penn State at Alabama. You know, you have Oklahoma playing Minnesota. You have Florida playing Wisconsin. I think that's going to be the only blowout in the first one. And then you have Oregon versus Notre Dame. You know, and then after that, it's just countless possibilities. And, you know, 11-2 Alabama in 2019 still would probably beat the number one team. Anyway, I mean, look how close the LSU Alabama game was. Not, not going to credit that game out. But, I mean, I feel like, you know, the whole thing of, you know, blowouts upon blowouts up pump blowouts, you know, you know, you gotta give Oklahoma, you know, their playoff spot because they did what they had to do to get the playoff spot. They did what they had to do in regular season. Doesn't matter who they play. Doesn't matter, you know, how bad they beat somebody, you know, you know, credit they just lost to Kansas State and whoever they just lost to. But um, you know, like like I say, you know, they, they do what they have to do year after year to get into a playoff spot. Now do they do what they need to do in the playoffs? Probably not. But at the same time, it's, you know, you have these teams who, you know, nine out of ten times could beat a team in a playoff spot. And I think that's really it was all about. There's really no point in bowl games no more. You know, the whole point of LSU, you know, losing the – I think, you know, being honestly, I think our last best bowl game was losing to Notre Dame in the, you know, um, Citrus Bowl, I think it was. You know,
2: but – It was a close game, wasn't it? I think if I'm not mistaken, it yeah. was a close game.
4: Ian Book was still playing at 2015, unless it's over
2: that. It was there forever. <laughs> yeah.
4: but I mean, you know, uh, you know the whole it's, it, expansion was going to happen regardless. Now the whole debate is, you know, like, like he was saying, like Aaron was saying, you know, eight teams, 12 teams, six teams. You know, I feel like eight is right there. I think eight is right, kind of where it should be. But then, you know, you bring it to 12 and, you know, you just give it, you know, a countless possibility, you know. We see what happens with March Madness. We see, you know, all these upsets happening. You know, do I, is it harder? I mean, for yeah. But college football, football? isn't. Oh yeah, college oh, yeah. football
3: uh, isn't like college basketball. I mean, oh yeah,
4: for sure. Yeah, right.
3: baseball, it you can't really compare. Once you, once you, um, once you put, you know, a team against a team in, in football. Very rarely does the very significant lesser team win, right? And even right. if they do, th- there have to be uncontroll- really uncontrollable variables that lead to that team not being able to win, right? Clemson lost to Syracuse. Ke- Ke- Kelly Bryant goes down, and Dabo doesn't know what in the hell to do with who who who's at backup. Clemson loses to Pitt. It, it does happen. I will say right. this, but... You put a championship mindset, Clemson. Championship mindset, Alabama, Ohio State. Really, those three championship mindset. They are not losing to a team they shouldn't lose to, right? That's just
0: tell that to Florida. Yeah, I mean, not supposed to lose to Ohio State last year in the playoffs.
3: That was um. Well, that was a yes or eh, kinda. But that's that's still Clemson and Ohio State. That's two juggernauts,
2: right? I see that point. I mean, I mean, like those games go in either a, way, really. I would think like
3: you, you what? Put Alabama in Tuscaloosa against Penn State. I think that game's an absolute blowout.
2: A lot. I, I mean, think that really game's
3: no- not competitive. I mean, you know, like like well, let's look at Clemson and Miami from twenty twenty. Everyone's like, oh. Oh, you know what what happens and Clemson just goes in and just stays at home, donkey punches donkey punches Miami and walks out and everyone's like, Oh, well they were supposed to do that. Right? I mean, like if you want the the teams that are kind of on the fringe, you don't know, to play it out and, and do that, they have their chance in the New Year's Six Bowl. If 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 you have if, if you're an athlete and you have this idea that if I'm not in a playoff it's not worth my time. Then you're a sorry athlete. Athletes don't play athletes ever since sports have started. Athletes play, play for pride, right? Mm-hmm. They play for recognition a lot. It was very rarely up until like the 18th century where athletes were playing for money. were playing for a championship. We're, were playing for a trophy. They're just going out there for sport. They're playing for pride. And if, At every heart of every true athlete, there is this want to compete and this want to play for pride, right? I have played on some of the best baseball teams in the country. I've played on some of the worst baseball teams, right? I was on a team back in my freshman year in high school, right? A travel team that had the chance to play in the biggest tournament, like in the country of that age group, right? Tournament where every college scout was going to be there. Everyone knew everyone. I didn't make that tournament. I still played in the other tournament. I didn't go, oh, this isn't it for me. And I understand the guys who, are pl- who, who have money to play for, who have this idea of going in the first round, doing this and that. I get it. You know, You don't want to risk bodily harm. I, I I don't hold that against them. I do hold I do hold the idea that oh they weren't up for it. Like I think when Texas when Texas beat UGA and the idea was well UGA didn't want to be there. Yeah well no shit no one wants to barely miss the playoffs. The mm-hmm. difference is how you respond. Texas yep. w- went in and kicked UGA's teeth in and. I just think if 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 you're a team who's on the fringe, who's like, oh man, you know, I I wish we would have made it, but it, you know, we just you know, the system's rigged. Like, woo. like, well, then go go and win new your new year six ball, right? If UGA had beaten Texas th- that year, yeah, a lot of questions would have been asked. They didn't, right? If um, what what was it? Uh, Who was who was the on the fringe team last year in twenty twenty <laughs> who was number five? A M? Yeah. A and M I think
0: they destroyed they struggle North bus North against UNC. They destroyed them. Yeah, destroyed well, no, them. I, yeah I think they won okay. by double digits, but
2: I think <sighs> I'm not mistaken. At yeah. least two scores. Oh, okay. That
3: game would have been played either way. You know, Texas A&M versus UNC would have been played in a playoff game.
0: Same with right? Georgia and Cincinnati. Same yeah. with
3: Georgia and Cincinnati. Those games would have been played either way. The only difference would be, I guess, the winner advances. And then they just have, I, I, like I would say, just about every time that team that advances loses to the team holding their spot. The only, In reality, the only team who's like, they make the playoffs, but really shouldn't. Is Oklahoma, but no. they do what they need to do. Notre you know?
0: Dame. It, well, damn
3: it. Yeah, maybe, but it's just those teams do what they need to get done. They know what they have to do, and they get it done, right? You, so, I don't Nothing. know. Nope. I think I think if you want to expand, I'm a six team guy, but if you want to go more, I'm fine with eight. Once you do 12, you're just, in my opinion, you're lollygagging. You're just throwing teams in there because you want to see what might happen. You're throwing a wrench in a perfectly fine engine just to see how it reacts.
0: Perfectly fine engine? Huh? Perfectly fine engine? The whole reason why they're expanding is because uh, the first-round playoff games have been blowouts, and they're trying to get more money. Uh And then even some national – you're not going to get rid of blowouts. Even some national championship games have been blowouts. Teams that dominate are going to dominate. I mean, it doesn't matter what format you're in. This format is great because, number one, I think it actually increases the importance of the regular season because you're going to have teams at the end of the season that are like, you know, even though we're in the playoffs, uh, we want to get that home field advantage. Uh, We want to get that first round by. And you talk about conference championship being important again. They are super important again now. Uh, You're playing for a first round. Ask UGA if
3: a conference championship isn't important.
0: It's always been important. Yeah. I'm talking about like, uh, you know, Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10 teams that know that they're not getting into the play. Now that conference championship game is even more important. Yeah, Uh, Clemson. The ACC championship has been, a, has been a foregone conclusion for Clemson. Now, now it's like, okay, now we're playing for something. Now we win, we're we, getting a bye. Well, no, no, we're, we're, we're no. Clemson's
3: always playing for something in, in an ACC championship, and that's never going to change. The idea is never going to change. And and I, like I guess if you're trying to say that a you know a, a lesser team's like well one if you expand to twelve, the regular season doesn't matter you can have two hiccups, you can have two mistakes, and you can still make it in, right? Your your mentality for wanting to be a playoff-caliber team is every week you play is a playoff game. You, you want to talk about the importance of regular season? You drop a game you shouldn't, you don't know if you're going to make it in. Ask Oklahoma. They have to do everything in their power after they drop to K-State just to be the number four team. Right now, they're like, "Oh well, we, we, well, that's you know." Th- now expanding to twelve, it's a three strikes you're out.
2: But you look at right? it this way, too, guys. I'm looking at it this way. I, I, I get Golden Blue Dude's theory here. I, I do. You, you know, and when it comes to Clemson, Clemson, it does. It, it's important, and the reason I say that is because <clears throat> if. You know, for instance, if you are, you know, you're playing for the conference title against North Carolina, just for say, hypothetically here, and you lose, <clears throat> you would have guaranteed if you win, you guarantee your one through four spot. This is the way Clemson would be, but if you don't, you go from your top four to, you know, maybe, I don't, know, I'm just hypothetically speaking here, so, you know, eighth or ninth, right? The, you, you don't get that fortune of a out. bye week. Well, no, I know that's what I'm saying, but my my logic is this. The regular season will become more important, and I think what it is, and and closer to the end of the season, these these teams that you know more teams. Well, yeah, like you look at like SEC, right? Garrett, me and you, right? We're both SEC guys here. We'll get this. So obviously, your Bama is going to be in regardless. I think looking into it, Georgia is going to be the same way, you know. And then you look at LSU, or you look at—I mean, let's be honest, LSU, Florida. Uh, you know, those are your teams in the SEC that have a good potential to be in, uh, not every year, but, I mean, pretty much, right? But, if, for instance, LSU, you sit there, you play, you know, I think LSU is going to have a good season this year. You know, what happens if they beat Bama and come into the West? That what we would think maybe come into, you know, the 9 through 12 team comes into, you know, one of the top five seeds, right? And that's a big, that's a big boost. For the you know LSU, that if Georgia wins the SEC championship, we come in as a top four team. Bama falls down into you know playing that uh, a home game, you know that not not the bye week. So you know I I think the importance is a thing, not the like Clemson, Georgia, right? Like Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, more than likely going to make it in every year, regardless, unless just something drastic happens. But I do think I do think seating and placement are going to be the key there, as, and that's why I think what Golden Blue dude is saying, it's it's going to be important because you want to sit there and you want to have the competition against Clemson and against Ohio State. You want to sit there and you want to schedule great teams, marquee non-conference, Clemson, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, right? Like LSU, uh, UCLA, kind of these non, you know, UCLA, UCLA, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that is what's going to matter, and, and I think you look at it and we'll transfer from the playoffs to this. I want to talk about the upcoming season, but you take these non-marquee matchups. That's going to matter too. And I don't want I don't want the regular season to be diminished because I don't, I don't want to sit there and watch a team like say for instance if you see Alabama play a cupcake schedule all year, play nobody, schedule nobody. Why should they get in when they play nobody just to sit there and skate through and win the conference or something or like or just get to the conference championship? So make it make it earned. And, and and that you'll see the best teams come out, and it means more. That and that's my logic there. But with that being said, we're going to talk about big games, non-marquee matchups. Clemson, Georgia. I think first one comes to mind. Week one, every I think it's on everybody's radar. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, LSU, I think LSU, UCLA will be a surprisingly good game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, Alabama and Miami. Another one. I think. Let's be honest here. If De'Eric King doesn't play in that game, it's a blowout. But If the
3: King no. plays in that game, it's a blowout.
0: Uh, I, I, that game's sh- going to be closer than people realize because uh, yeah. Bama's offense uh, is reloading. I know Alabama reloads, but Alabama does have that downtick year where they have to re- – like 2019, they didn't make the playoffs, two losses. This is going to be that year, so Miami not going to beat Alabama but it's going to be closer than people realize. I don't think – I'm, I'm not saying – I mean, just, oh, I would ahead. say
3: this. Everyone thought the same thing when Alabama had to play Louisville. They had to play Lamar Jackson. And, you know, I've ACC, I know this. That Bama team, Bama, I, yeah, down-ticky or not, they're going to just curb stomp. Whoever they play in in week one, it's one of those things. You give Nick Saban time to prepare for a pre- prepare for an opponent. Nine times out of ten, it's not a win. It's not a close one. It's a blowout. I don't think it's really going to be that close. I, I I I've never had faith in Miami at all. You know that program is dead. The U is dead. They aren't coming back anytime soon. They won't be back anytime soon. The only thing they have is the turnover chain. That's it. But in the big games and the marquee matchups, they drop it every single time. Derek King's okay, a fantastic gonna... athlete. He's a great quarterback. But you put him against quality opponents. You put him against a Clemson secondary who was having a struggling year. Put him against an al- a, a down-year Alabama team. He's going to put up the same performance every time. He's going to complete half his passes for 200 yards. He'll have one touchdown, one 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 interception and maybe, like, 75 yards on the ground because he just busts out a broken play. Other than that, it is it isn't a competition, right?
4: And I, I, like, I just want to say, like, about like, the Alabama like, reloading situation. You know, like, we see Alabama reload every year. But when they're reloading, they already have huge amounts of NFL-caliber players returning to. You know, this is, if not the Biggest reload year for uh, not not in the biggest, but the biggest case for can Alabama reload? They've reloaded in the past, but you know, like, look look at you know you know last year, you know they had to reload on, on wide receivers. You know they lost Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. You know, but now you know they had Devonta Smith. Now you know, but this year you have John Metchie, your wide receiver too. Now you have Slade Bolden. You know Jai
2: Hall. Hall is going to be a big name.
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's a, you know, I think this is going to be the biggest, you know, can I hate to say it, i sounds so stupid probably, but it's the biggest can Alabama live up to its hype again this year, you know. And I'm not saying it cuz you know, oh, well, we just saw Alabama have a great year again last year. They won another national championship. But I mean, you know, this year is the biggest Alabama year where we don't know what's going to happen with who they have playing. You know, you have Bryce Young, exactly. like like I said, like you know, you have all these players but we don't know what they have done before, you know? So I, you think, know, I think, I mean, there are those, there, there are those
3: question marks
2: Oh, we lost That's those okay, question yes. marks
3: last year. You know, there are those question marks every year when you have a team,
2: but not reload. Yeah. Much.
3: Like looking back, well, uh, I don't know. Like looking back at it, you could say that we didn't know the ballers that Bama had in, in, in 2017 or in 2016. Right. It's, it hindsight's always going to be 2020. 20, 20. I, I just know after seeing it year in and year out, yeah, we'd be like, oh, well, we don't know who who they're going to have. They're going to have dudes on that roster who are going to kick the teeth in, and that's just how they play. That's how they operate. I am a – I'm running with this uh, – uh, like, like I'm a bread and, bread and butter guy. I'm going to run this play nonstop until you stop it. No one has stopped Bama in that sense, so I'm just gonna roll. You know, I hate I, I, I like I hate to fucking say it, but I am gonna roll with the tide on it because yeah. they do it every yeah. year, no questions asked.
2: I, I think the Garrett's point here, sorry, uh, Golden Blue. I think the Garrett's point. The better terminology for what you were saying is: Do they maintain their standard? And you you look at Bama overall, right? We see them in the conference uh, championship if we make it there. That's the only time we see them outside of when we actually schedule them regular season. Last year we regular season game. Obviously we saw how that plays out. But you you look at what Bama had. Everybody looked when they went to a left. You know, people really were questioning what what's Bama's going to be like. You know, everybody was like, "Bryce, is it Bryce Young's time? And then Mac Jones comes waiting, wait, 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 and then just blows it up. So, you sit there, you see him right there. You look at, you lose rugs, you lose, uh, you know, and then you come back with Waddle and Devontae Smith. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Mechie, I'm looking at Ajayi Hall. Those guys are going to be fine. You know, you look at a freshman like Ajayi Hall. I saw the A game or the, their uh, spring game, and he showed out. And, and I think that's going to transfer over into the regular season. I just, I just see that. And I see Bryce Young, you know, I think Bryce Young has it. Miami benefits playing Bama week 1 because I mean let's be honest there's really not a lot of game in game important experience from Bryce Young and I think that's the key that Miami has however it's Bama and I I just don't see Manny Diaz out coaching Nick Saban I just don't see it so and I he's think not Bama, No he's not I know he's he's, he's not but I, I do think that I think it a little it's a little bit closer you're not going to see a blow up by 35 45 points nothing like that I right. think Two scores, maybe fourteen, maybe. But you're definitely going to see, you know, you're going to see what Bryce Young is made of early. I, I think. I, I wish I could have seen uh, Jalen Phillips last year with that with that D line, see how they handle the offensive line because, Bama reloads. We know this, but they lost a lot of talent on that offensive line, and yes. we, won. we we you know they lose Leatherwood, they lose Landon Dickerson, you know, just names after names. How do how those new guys fall into those new positions and fit in? It's the same concept or the same logic that I have with Georgia against Clemson. <clears throat> and we've talked about this, Aaron, on a previous show. Clemson's D-line is the best in the country, <clears throat> in my opinion. I think yeah. Georgia's is right there behind them. <clears throat> the question is, which offensive line is going to be better? Whoever's offensive line is better will win Georgia-Clemson. This year, that's just the way that's going to be. You, that's and, and I think that's where, I, like going back to Bama and uh, Miami, does Miami have the offensive, you know, the defensive pressure to, you know, to really, um, you know, keep him in the pocket and pressure, uh, you know, Bryce Young. Because he's, he is young. And you can, if you do the right things, you can rattle a young quarterback. You know, he's not, he's, he, I mean, I'm sure he's poised. I'm not going to say he's not. But it, he's still young and you can rattle a young quarterback. Look, I'll, I'll take Max Johnson. I'm going to go LSU here. Right. Max Johnson comes in against Florida. First start, does what he has to do, and pulls out the win. Look here. Everybody knows the MVP for that game was Marco Wilson in that golden shoe that was thrown 30 yards down the field. But nonetheless, Max Johnson comes in you know, with TJ Finley out and, and, and does what he needs to do. So – you know, kind of transferring this over to Miami. If De'Eric King doesn't start, I don't know who their backup is. I really don't. But that's can he can he manage? Can he manage? Yep. And I think that's what's going to be the problem. But defensive pressure on Bryce Young is going to be the key there, and I just don't know if they can do it. Uh, just just from the talent, like a talent alone along the offensive line outside of left tackle, well, you can you can scheme guys, right? You can scheme help. you you can't scheme help for a left tackle you just can't you're out there and if you get beat you get beat i just don't see nobody on miami's defense that can that can uh that cause that much havoc you just got to really like throw the kitchen sink at them but they got too many running backs man they they can they can can beat you on the ground they can beat you in the air so you know
3: even even if miami has the ability to get pressure on bryce young Fat, you're right. Bama's offensive line and Bama's running back core can run the ball a hundred times, and they'll average five yards a, 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 a five yards a play. Mm-hmm. Miami's defense last year was expected to be better than Clemson's. It was expected to be the premier defense in the ACC. They didn't do anything against Clemson. They still went eight and three. Um, you know, I mean, they had a they had an absolute beast of a defensive line, right? Like, like on paper, that def- defensive line should have ran all over the ACC um, Rose year. They uh, they had two guys taken in the first round uh, um, off that yep. defensive line. They had a uh, a uh, third team All American linebacker. They had two All ACC uh, DBs. This this was a team on paper that if you you want to talk about exploiting Clemson's lackluster offensive line in the regular season, that was the team to do it, and they didn't do it at all. I just think they're good on paper. They're good in a regular season, you know, like week three, week four game, but you give any competent offensive coordinator, head coach, time to prepare – Miami's gonna struggle. I mean, they had a good team when they got shut out against Louisiana Tech. people kind of forget that 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 Miami defense was still pretty good. I, like I think it was like third in the ACC. you know, so I think I just think Miami's defense lost a lot of guys. And if you want to talk about a team of question marks of reloading, it's them. so, I don't know. I I, I I just think Miami Alabama is only a, a matchup that seems enticing, just just because it's a it's it, it's De'Eric King, and Bryce Young.
0: That's the, the, the matchup
3: reason, I'm gonna watch.
0: The reason I think I think the the win margin is gonna fall between uh 14 and 17. I don't think it's gonna be a close game, but it's gonna be closer. Than expected because of all the question marks. There's going to be mistakes in the in in the first half uh, for Alabama. Alabama is Alabama. They're going to control the they're going to control the game. They're going to run the ball whenever they want to. But it is still going to be a figuring out of sorts. And Miami does have enough talent to take advantage of some of those mistakes. Alabama is way and I mean way deeper than Miami. That depth is going to wear Miami out but I think the talent that Miami has on offense and it does boil down to Derek King's health. If he's not healthy, forget about it. Miami shouldn't even show up. They might get blanked if Derek King doesn't show up, but Eric King is the X factor to keep it close. Not for Miami to win. There's, I, I see absolutely no shot for Miami to win. Absolutely none. But I think losing by 14 to 17 is definitely doable uh, because of Derek King and because of, The entire – pretty much the entire offense. I mean, Najee Harris is gone. Mike Jones is gone. Waddle's gone. Uh, Devontae Smith is gone. Half of their offensive line is gone. There's going to be mistakes uh, on offense and some figuring out. So, it's going to be closer, but at the end of the game, you're going to be like, this game was never really in question.
2: I think you see Miami's playing tougher. Yeah. I was going to say, you see him play good for about a half and then by the third quarter is when it really starts to kind of run and swift and never change back. Hey, guys, before we're going to wrap this up here, but before we do that, we're going to go off a few games for week one, and we're going to make our predictions, all four of us. So what I want to do is I want to start off with each – we're going to end off with Georgia and and Clemson. I think that's just the biggest game. So we're going to work on some games. We're going to do Golden Blues team, West Virginia. We're going to do LSU versus UCLA. We're going to do a couple other ones, and then we'll work our way into some bigger games, that we, at least of what I'm thinking, and then we're going to give our predictions. So, Does that sound good with y'all guys?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: All right, so let's start off with West Virginia. West Virginia plays
0: Maryland week one.
2: Who wins? What's the score?
0: Uh, West Virginia wins, but I think it's going to be closer than than people might think because Maryland does have a little bit of talent on offense. Uh, but I'm going to go final score, 31 uh, 31- 20, 31, 21. Uh, West Virginia's defense doesn't take a big step back, maybe a slight step back. KJ Martin's back. I know Tacky Smith went to Georgia, but KJ Martin's back. So it's not going to be a massive step back. If hey uh, Aaron Garrett, if if you're not
2: comfortable with giving a score, just predict the winner who you think. Uh, okay. I know not some of us don't follow, you know, every school or anything like that, but it just feel comfortable with what you want to give. <clears throat> Yeah, what do you
4: I was going to say probably in, like, that same 27-21, 27-17 range, you know. You still got Rakeem Jarrett. You still got uh, Tua's little brother playing. You know, that's going to be a pretty versatile offense, you know. I mean, we, we saw him explode for, like, 400 yards that one game. Forgot what game it was. But, I mean, it's going to be a high explosive offense, you know. But, I mean, you know, West Virginia just has all the the, the veterans still playing. So, I mean, still you got to give West Virginia about 27-21.
0: Yeah. Okay,
4: West 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 Virginia
3: is only only really replacing some significant talent out wide on uh, on uh, their defense. They're um you know their um off, uh, their uh, offensive line still pretty stout. Their defensive line's gonna I-, I won't say shut down the run game, but they'll slow it up enough to where Maryland's really going going to have um have to lean on Tula um. I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring. Uh, I think like in the range of both teams are, are ranging between like shit. Like I'd say West Virginia around like 38, 42, you know, Maryland, I think around like 28, 31. I think early in the game, it's a shootout. First half, it's like, it's like 24, 21, 28, 24 something like that Teams start to settle in the third and, and in the fourth Virginia's depth and they're just better coaching abilities going to take over. And um West, West Virginia's just kind of going to control the game and just start running away with it.
2: I'll, I'll give my prediction here. I think, <clears throat> I think West Virginia pulls off a squeaker. Uh, I, I'm going 35, um, 32. Or 30, sorry, let me see, Thirty-five twenty-eight. I think it'll be a close last minute touchdown that does it. I take that back. My my logic being here is this. I think that Maryland's going to cause some problems in the Big Ten. I just don't know how much, <clears throat> sorry, how much they will. That being said, I just think that, you know, you look at what West Virginia is able to do offensively. You look at their defense, you know, they lose a day or coach a die. And, you know, you lose Tykee, you know, you lose the safeties. But I still think that that defense is still going to hold up. I think you're going to see a step back, but I I do think that they still hold Pat. uh, And I I do think that they pull away, you know, like I'd say maybe a touchdown with maybe two or three minutes left to end the game. Um, This way I'm going to call it there. Uh, Moving on to the next one, we got LSU and UCLA. Garrett, I'm going to let you start since it is your Bayou Bengals, man.
4: I think DTR is going to have a – a good time against LSU defense. You know, we're still battling over stuff, you know, but I mean, you know, we, we were loaded, you know, and it's crazy to even think about how much we return. I mean, I I think LSU's D-line is gonna start going up there within, you know, D-line productions in the country. You know, we've never been a huge D-line school. And, you know, now you have Mason Smith, Landon, Jay- I mean, you got four four-stars this year, one five-star. You got possible you know you know three two years yep. you know Sorry, lsu's lsu's defense has just returned so much you know you still have possibly the the best two cornerbacks you know in the country you know saying yep. like there's number two in the country but i mean definitely top five top ten you know it says you're returning a lot the only position we're balanced for is safety you know, with Grant Delphi, you know, everybody's still being on. We still never have that one safety comeback. But, you know, I still think it's going to give us some problems, you know, but LSU is still going to go and win. You know, LSU's travels, LSU travels. UCLA never has been able to have a 100% capacity before, now they have. Um, I think LSU takes over that stadium. We're going to win, you know, easily by 20. You know, probably going to be in that forty-one twenty range, you know, about forty-one to twenty, you know, LSU just returns too much for UCLA to handle.
2: All right, hold on. We actually have a, another guest popping in. I heard him coming in. It is. I don't know if y'all are familiar with him, <clears throat> Doctor SEC. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Big big time. Welcome to the show. <clears throat> Sorry. Can you hear us?
1: You there? Yes, I am. Welcome hey, to man. the show. Hey, I appreciate it. This is as good as I can do as a logo. I just had my gallbladder taken out this weekend, and and uh, I look highly drugged up and messed up, and so I don't want that picture out there. I'm not pretty to start with, so the last thing I want people to see is uh, the way I look From right home. now. Hey, I've enjoyed listening to the show, man. You're doing a great job, and uh, definitely for great calls.
2: Uh, you know, obviously, if I can do something for the kids, man, that's that's a big deal for me. Um <clears throat> But, yeah, no, we were actually talking about um, just giving some predictions here. Uh, We were on the LSU and UCLA game. Uh, So while we're at it, would you like to give us your prediction for that game?
0: Hey, real quick, guys, I got to run. I got to go pick up my wife from work real quick. All right, buddy. Hey, well, hey, thanks for coming on.
2: No, you're perfectly fine. Thanks for uh, coming on, man. I know I had a good time. I hope you did as well. Oh yeah, I did. Y'all have a good rest hey, man, of the it was show. A pleasure. Guys.
0: Thank you. You too, bud.
1: Yeah, I. I back to the LSU UCLA game. I I don't know if there's a team more scary to predict at this point uh, headed into the season than LSU. I mean, they're just uh, so many question marks that are there. Um, you know, what what's going to happen at the quarterback position? Who's going to truly be the guy once it all you know, begins to happen, but I, I still I still like LSU in this game, uh, but I don't like them by, by more than a, a field goal or a touchdown. But I would say, probably at this point, I would probably go like 28, 24, somewhere in that range. But I, I again, this is the one game that I want to come back to later before the season starts because LSU scares the crap out of me, man. I mean, they could be really, really, really good. Or they could be really, really, really bad. I don't think there's a team in the country that has a bigger a bigger gap between what what they could be and you know on the good side and the bad side than LSU right now.
2: I agree with you there, Aaron. What do you think? What's your prediction for the LSU UCLA?
3: Well, um, Dtrs and probably one of the most electric players in college football. And I mean that in the sense of it's an absolute torrential downpour outside. You don't know if he's going to be running well or he's just going to not show up. You know, he's a great, great player, great athlete. Um, but you, you, you don't know if, if you're going to get absolute joystick of a player or just an absolute dud of a quarterback. You know, um, I am going to leave with size and the, the beast I know. You know, um, LSU is just big team. They got size on them. You know, they're going to overpower, uh, UCLA. Um, I don't know what to expect from LSU at the, uh, quarterback spot yet. Um, but if they know what they're going to have, they know who they're going to have up. Uh, I, I think LSU kind of, it either starts off LSU dominant and they cool down or, game starts slow and it gets hot late you know i don't think it's going to be a complete game by either team i think it's going to be you know one team's going to struggle early one team's going to struggle late it 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 just depends on who it is so um uh i don't think um you know uh, i don't think it's going to be that big of a brain teaser i have probably lsu by 10
2: Look at that! So I'm going to stop the, real fast. We have a donation. Um, <clears throat> Aaron actually donated twenty, uh, which brings us to fifty dollars total. Uh, he chose not to make anyone sing their fight song, uh, so we live to fight another day, guys. We don't have to sing our rivals' fight song. <laughs> but uh, you know, moving on how to the my you? prediction here. My prediction here. Uh, you, you look at the question marks around LSU And mainly at the quarterback position and you, you look at, you know, Miles Brennan You look at Max Johnson In my opinion, Max Johnson is going to be your starter And I think it's because he's a better fit for that offense With what you're wanting to do And you sit there, you look at You know, what he did with Florida was one thing But I just think that it's a different team With Max Johnson there uh, And like I said, and it all stems from the his ability And his fit in the offense Nothing against Miles Brennan but I, I just think that Max Johnson is just a better fit for that offense, and it's going to make that team better. Uh, you look at defense, cornerback, secondary is your main spot here, and your start, you're well on your way there with Stingley and Ricks. <clears throat> and I think that's too much for UCLA to handle. Uh, you know, so you look at Kayshawn Butte, uh, you, know, you lose Arik Gilbert to none other than the Georgia Bulldogs. But nonetheless, you, know, you still have Keshawn Butte who you know, broke out and, and really emerged last year. Um, you know, and I expect LSU to have freak athletes around the, across the board uh, in the receiver room. Uh, Don't so Mike I, Jones, who
3: Mike Jones Jr. He from oh, okay. LSU from Clemson. He, yeah. I also think he's going to stop DTR. He's just a athlete yeah. out wide.
2: Yeah, you, you threw you threw the junior, uh, junior in there, so I couldn't do it again. But but yeah, no, you, you know, you look at LSU; they've always had athletic freaks. Uh, and like I said, I think Mac Johnson starts, and, and I just think that. You know, it's too much. Uh, you know, too much pressure uh, for UCLA's offense to mount any kind of true threat right here. So I see it being maybe twenty-eight to fourteen. Um, uh, LSU. Uh, moving on, we'll do one more game here, and then we'll hit uh, the bigger games here. Penn State at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this game right here, and, and I think Penn State jumps back, and I think they go back in a in a good way. <clears throat> Uh, they're going to be back in a big way, I think. Um, you know, you look at Wisconsin, seems like a battle of heavyweights automatically in the Big Ten. Um, you know, I'm going to make my prediction and say that Penn State pulls out a win. I think you look at <clears throat> 28-24, uh, and I'm going to make Penn State the winner there. Uh, Aaron, what do you think?
3: Um, you know, I, I, I've always kind of liked watching Wisconsin. They are the most, in my opinion, traditional football team out there. You know, they run – single back formation almost nine times out of 10. Um, You know, um, I'm a lean, uh, I'm going to lean on the Badgers. Uh, I just don't know a whole lot about Penn State outside the fact they are, they are replacing some of their dudes. Uh, I have no doubt they can replace them with talent. Um, I just think Wisconsin's that team, they've been doing the same stuff every year, year in and year out. You could put a toddler at running back, they're still rushing for 200 yards and three touchdowns because that offensive line is just is just absolute roided up, big, burly lumberjacks. So, yeah, I do think uh I do think Penn State struggles to stop the run, and I mean struggles like they give up like 350 plus yards like on the ground. So I pick. Wisconsin in a nail-biter because I don't think their passing game gets up. But, but like, I'd say, like, 24-21 like Wisconsin.
1: Okay. Dr. SCC, what is your, what's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of James Franklin. I think he's one of the, you know, by far one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, again, think about winning 18 games in two seasons at Vanderbilt those last two years there. I mean, you know, just unbelievable what he did there. Has been off to really a good start, just just not quite there at Penn State. Obviously, last year was a, a different ball game with COVID and all of that. I think this is a chance for him to really prove that he's a top five or six coach in the country. I know that blows a lot of people's mind when I say that, but I think this is a big bounce back year for Penn State. Obviously, like we talked about, that Wisconsin running game is going to be fierce, it's going to be difficult, but I think they get enough stops Uh, to pull this out, 28-24 Penn State over Wisconsin. But, again, it's easy to see why people would be high on Wisconsin over Penn State. But I think this type of year, a bounce back from COVID, we're going to see who the elite coaches in the country really are because we've got a lot of things, that a lot of different things that have have hit us, that have come our way, and I think James Franklin's going to pull this one out because it's the first game of the year. I think he's really, really good with some time to prep, and I think that Penn State pulls this game out. There you
2: go. There you heard it, Garrett. What are your thoughts on this game, man? Penn State or Wisconsin?
4: I'm about to say twenty twenty-four. I think you know Sean Clifford. He's still going to have to come out and have a huge season again. You know, and I get Penn State isn't the biggest passing school in the country. They're majority running, but at the same time, you know, you have a sophomore running back followed by freshmen. So I really feel like, you know, Sean Clifford is going to have to show out and carry some more weight in the passing game this year. I think James Franklin knows that. I think they're going to have to, in order to beat Ohio State, you know, they're going to have to beat Iowa, beat Michigan, beat Michigan State, you know, beat Wisconsin first game at Wisconsin. I think, you know, this is going to be I think the first game of the season is really going to decide how their season goes this year, you know, but I think 20 it's going to sound about right. 20, that 20, sounds 20,
2: pretty close right there. Just obviously different <clears throat> different teams. All right, we're going to go to Alabama versus Miami and Atlanta. <laughs> Dr. SEC, do you want to give us a starting prediction here for this?
1: Yeah, I kind of heard you guys talking about it a little bit earlier in the show, and as you look at this Alabama team, we've, every year we see question marks, right? Like every year they were – they lose a lot of guys, and, and then they replace those guys. But I don't remember a season in, in my years of covering them where there's as many questions at, the, at many important positions. I mean, we're talking about, you know, this isn't a situation where, you know, Mark Ingram is passing down to the next running back and the next running back to them. Yeah, they've got some talent there, but but what they lost in Najee Harris and, and the lack, you know, the lack of experience they have at quarterback. I think the offensive line is going to be really good. The receivers are going to be really good. But, man, you're talking about all-time great levels that they've seen over the last couple years at wide receiver. There's a lot of question marks there for us, and I think there's some for the coaches as well. So I think they come out with a more vanilla offense. I think they try to just maintain the game because they know they're the superior team in this battle. And I think in the end, we see that the running game and a couple of big plays out of the passing game And we see that Alabama pulls away, never in doubt, though, right? Like it's that game you look at and you say it's never really in doubt, but it only is, I would say at the end, if I had to choose today, I would say probably 31-17, somewhere in that range, but never really, never really in doubt. But this Alabama team has got a lot to replace on the offensive side of the football. And again, going back to the quarterback position, you know, we've seen every year for a long time now, the next guy had a lot of experience, Bryce Young doesn't have a lot of experience, and he didn't look as well or as great as everybody hyped him up in that spring game. There was a lot more hype to his play than I think that was actual actual meat when you go back and look at the tape. So I, I think they come out kind of vanilla, but I think they, they obviously they hold it within a couple touchdowns all game long and, and pull out the win.
2: Aaron, what about you, man? Um,
3: like the doc said, Bama's replacing a lot of talent, a lot of elite talent, world-class, all-time levels talent on the offensive side. Um, I just think, you know, it's Nick Saban, it's Alabama, it's the Crimson Tide. And with a team like Miami who thinks thinks they're this, thinks they're that, th- th- think they're the U, I just think Bama – goes in with a business mindset. Miami goes in with the, were this, were that mindset. And they get humbled real quick. Um, I think it's, I think it's Bama and it's Bama big. I'm going like, I'm going like 42, 21. Just, okay. <clears throat> I just think Bama runs away with it late. And that's about it. But that's it. If D'Eric <clears throat> plays, if if Eric doesn't play it, might as well be a thousand to one.
2: All right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give my prediction, and then I'm gonna let Garrett give his because well, Alabama's the rival to LSU, so I think it's fitting. <clears throat> I'm gonna say that it's gonna be Bama, and I think it's gonna be at least double digits. But I'm thinking you three scores, or it's three scores, not not three touchdowns, but I think three scores. I think you look at <clears throat> I think you look at 38 to 10. No, no, not 38 10, sorry, 38 to 21, my fault. The reason why I say that is this. Uh, Dr. SEC said it perfect. Uh, Alabama is you know, has to answer several key positions, both sides of the ball, in my opinion, but more so on the offense. That's what drove Alabama to historic success last year from a statistical standpoint. They had they had one of the most dynamic offenses you'll ever see, so you know, at least so far, right? But you know the offensive line is going to be a big question there. I look at I, I'm not a, it's not a matter of if they can do it. it's just who's going to do it and how fast they can do it. But you know you look at the fixing there here, but I'm, Bryce young may be inexperienced, but I think he'll shine, and I think you'll see a Jai e. Hall shine, and I think you'll see Mechie be very consistent and have big plays my one my one question is last year with Sarkees in there offensive coordinator. What happens with the transition over to Bill O'Brien? I, I just don't know if I'm sold on him there as an offensive coordinator. I just want to see what he's about because there was a lot of plays last year that that Sark had, you know, designed on the field, and it just – it was brilliance. Uh, really more so my favorite was Devontae running across uh, underneath where you had a, po- a post cutting over that really threw the guys off, and then it just – you know, Devontae walks across the field and just runs it wide open for a touchdown. That was one of my favorite plays to watch because it's just brilliance. Um, it really questions the, what, he do, what he can do, what Bill O'Brien brings to the offensive coordinator position. Uh, I just see them being too dominant. It's just too much talent for Miami to, you know, really become a big problem. I think even with the Eric King there, uh, you know Dierick is a you know big time player but it's just not enough uh, and and let's be honest you look at you look at the Alabama's defensive front they're gonna cause problems that's just what's going to happen they're big they're fast and and honestly you know that type of pro level type defense is gonna be too much for Dierick King in this game if he plays if not it's gonna it could be even worse I look at it like I said 38 21 Alabama Garrett
4: and I was going to say, um, it's going to be right around there with me, too. You know, Alabama, you know, from the side of the defense, you know, there's no question. You have, you know, you have Jordan Battle, Not Jordan Battles. or I was saying there's Battles. Um, you know, you have Josh Stove. You have Malachi Dupree. You have all these different players, you know. And then, you know, there are big names from last year. And then you go to your offense side and you look at, okay, we have John Mechie. We have Slade Bolden. The rest, we don't know yet, you know. And I think that's going to be their biggest question. And, like, like, and like, like we say, you know, Alabama reloads every year. But, you know, this is probably the biggest year with the most question marks, you know, no, no doubt. And then, you know, it's just going to be a – like you said, I think they're going to take a big thing, like a big lead first, and then they're going to try out different players. You know, here's going to be their trial game right here. Who's going to perform against Miami? Is Miami's defense? They're good. You know, you know, they're just good. They have players. You know, and they're they're, they're going to come and play now. When it comes to their offense, who knows? You know, King King is going to play. He might not play. You know, that's going to be the biggest question for Miami. But to you know, I I really believe this is going to be a huge trial game, like it is for LSU. You know, LSU is going to have a trial game. So UCLA, sticking to you know Alabama, you know, it's probably going to be within that 38-41 to
2: you know 20-21. Mm-hmm. That range, right. I think I think Bama is just too much for about any team. Right. Let's be honest. Um, and which that leads us to our last prediction. And honestly, this is probably the biggest regular season game of the year. And honestly, you could probably look at it as being the biggest regular season game in several years, in my opinion. Looking at the stakes, come week one, and that is Clemson, Georgia. Obviously, Charlotte, North Carolina, prime time. Aaron, me, and you, Georgia, Clemson. We're gonna wait. We're gonna let Garrett give his prediction first. Garrett, what do you think?
4: Uh I don't want to sound SEC biased, but I really think is gonna pull away. Sorry, Aaron. Um, it's no, that's just, fine. especially I'll that. you know, without George Pickens, I still think it's, it's going to be huge. You know, with George Pickens, even huger. You know, but I mean, you have you know JT Daniels who came off a hot streak. I mean, he was just hot. Hot, hot, every game he was playing, you know. And then, like I said, you add in Eric Gilbert, you know. Then you have um, whatever the other Titans name is. But then, then you just darn you just bring back everybody, you know. But but now nah, you go to the defensive side, you know. I mean, you still, you know, like you say, you got Tyke Smith, you know. You have Ringo. You have all these players who have experience where they started. Probably not. But you still have this experience of where I could come in, I can play let's play this. And then, and then you go to Clemson, you know, you have, you have you, you know, huge guy. I am, I'm so high on him. You know, I really think he's going to run the ACC, you know, he's going to, he's going to run it. The conference is his, if he wants it, you know, it's his, then you have Justin Ross. I love Justin Ross, you know, you know, I've been a huge fan coming out of high school, you know, he's just a good guy. I love the dude, but then, you know, then you, you go to defense too, you know, I really feel like this is going to be Clemson's big year on defense. You know, can they live up to the standards that they have always had? You know, I feel like, you know, it's, it's not going to be a, a blowout. It's not going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be really close, really, really close. You're going to have to say in Georgia, have to say in Clemson, it's going to be half and half. It's going to be a home and away game for each team. I really think Georgia wins spot three Probably really going to be about 34, 31.
2: Dr. SEC, what are your thoughts?
1: Man, what a what a prime time game! Kudos to both teams to taking this game and not shying away from it, or or finding another Six Flags University to fill in the schedule. So kudos to both teams. You know, Clemson is Clemson. I mean, they're they're scary in so many ways. I, I tell you, the thing that scares me the most about Clemson, if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong there, and I might be, but I believe they return more defensive starters now than any time in in Debo Sweeney's career. I think that I think I saw they got nine coming back and eight was the last time was 2000 the last time they won a national championship 2018. So this defense is going to be very 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 good. The offense obviously has one of the best players in the country a quarterback. Uh, obviously they got you you could say that almost about every position for Clemson every year. Although I'll say they they got some production to replace there. I think they've got, if, and again, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they've got about 60% of their offense coming back this year, statistically uh, stat wise. So plenty there, you know, to replace on offense. But to me, it comes down to Georgia. Is Georgia ready to become the powerhouse we've been waiting for? I, I really thought it would be last year. And then we had the opt out at quarterback and we ended up with a, they're uh, 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 able to walk on quarterback, and and uh, you know the mess that was that offense. But it should have been the year last year, we thought having a quarterback, but it wasn't this year. And I'll say this: I was a very big critic, and wrongly so. Of the high- I thought Georgia is a they are a a top five team. You go get a proven commodity. They went and got Kirby Smart. He's proven me wrong every single time. And, and i'm a big believer in what he's done there but with that said this is the year for georgia if there's ever going to be a year for georgia because we know this is an offensive this is an offensive game now right like you want to have a great defense that makes stops but the reality is you've got to have a great offense these days and this offense of georgia is is just unbelievably stacked if jT daniels stays healthy but what I saw out of JT Daniels, and we can go against who they faced and, and all of that. What I saw JT Daniels is something I haven't seen in Georgia in a long, long, long time at the quarterback position. And with that said, he wasn't a hundred percent last year. As much as he did statistically, it's like every single game, he missed two or three passes because he didn't quite trust that knee. When I watched him this spring, he looked like a quarterback that finally trusts that knee, that really his his movement, his rotation, everything looked apart. And defensively, they've lost a lot. But what has been George's strength over the last two years specifically, it's been the fact that they play so many defenders. So it's not like the guys behind them don't have the ability to come in and make the plays. And of course, the transfers just boost that. And I almost know that I'm shooting myself in the foot by doing this because this is what been the criticism of Georgia the whole time, right? But this Georgia team looks different than any Georgia team I've ever seen. I think Clemson is still Clemson. I think this team, both teams make it to the final four. But I think that Georgia pulls this one out 34, 31, because ever since the season has ended, all we've seen is JT Daniels. If he goes to the bathroom, the wide receivers are right outside the door waiting for him, right? We know what the running backs are going to bring. There's some question marks still there on the offensive line, but I think that Georgia makes enough plays early in the season with more experience on offense coming back. I think they make more plays in the final plays. Now, I'm not willing to say they're going to beat them in the final four, but I like Georgia 34-31 in this game.
2: Well, there you go. Aaron, let let you have it, man. Take it away.
3: Yeah, um, surprisingly here, I'm going to go – against the grain of my uh, two predecessors. Um, like what the doc said, Clemson is returning nine of our 11 starters on defense, but I would say this, we're returning 15 of 17 starters. And what I mean by that is Clemson had 17 different guys start at, at, at their respective positions throughout the season Right. Yeah, we are replacing DK. DK missed half half the year because of um, disciplinary issues. Okay, we're losing Mike Jones Jr. Mike Jones missed three games because of like a groin injury. We're not really replacing starters with unproven talent. We're just replacing starters with starters, in my opinion. Um, This is probably the second scariest defense i've ever seen as a clemson fan the most the most scary defense i would have to say is that 2018 defense that absolutely tore Bama a new one um but the best part about this game is it's good on good versus new on new no one knows really what to expect Losing Pickens is absolutely huge for UGA. That's, you know, he, he was their dude. He was wa- wide receiver one. And, you know, Pickens going up against Andrew Booth Jr., Sh- Sh- Sheridan Jones, Malcolm Green would have been a huge matchup in and of itself. But now what you have is you have, I won't say an un unproven wide receiver core. I would just say um i I would just say no real dudes yet. and that that isn't a bash on them. They have an absolute scary wide, scary wide receiver core that I would say is one of the best in the country. What I mean is, we haven't seen them in in the game, you know, everyone's l- l- looking at each other going, you know, Tim Tebow, you know, 30 minutes for the rest of your lives, you know, like they haven't really, had the need to do that and this is their game to do so um on the other side of the ball in in on well on the other matchups you have uga's just mammoth of 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 an offensive line going up against clemson's just ridiculously stacked defensive line you know one of the biggest matchups is going to be if UGA's offensive line decides to double-team someone on Clemson's defensive line, who is it going to be? Is it going to be, you know, 350-pound Tyler Davis? Is it going to be 325-pound bull rusher Brian Brissy? Is it going to be, in my opinion, the best defensive end in the country in, in Miles Murphy? Is it going to be KJ Henry? Is it going to be Xavier Thomas? You really don't know. And whoever... UGA picks to double team, they're leaving a dude on an island with an absolute stud. So it's one of those things if Clemson's defensive line can get to JT, can rattle him, can make him raise questions about that knee, which in all honesty shouldn't be raised. He's proven on that knee. You know, I would take, you know, if I didn't have DJU, I'd take JT in the battle. You know, he's a, he's an absolute stud. If Clemson can get to JT, it's going to give Clemson's offense a chance to, in my opinion, exploit UGA's secondary. That's the biggest matchup: is Clemson's new wide receivers versus UGA's new secondary. I mean, the Dogs had to replace all four secondary starters. Yep, they bring in they bring in, in my opinion, two All American talents but those are on other teams with other defensive coordinators with other safeties and other nickel cornerbacks, helping them out. You don't know how these guys are going to react in a new uniform, in a new stadium against a completely new team. If Clemson's offensive line can buy DJ enough time to just pinky flick a ball 50 yards deep, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough day to watch as a UGA fan, not because it's going to be a blowout, but because UGA is going to drive. They're going to move down the field. They're going to be methodical against Clemson's defense if they want to score the ball or, or yeah, score points. While Clemson has the threatening ability of just going big ball, just go deep. So I would say, um, you know, I gotta stay. With the orange tinted sunglasses, um, I I have Clemson thirty eight UGA thirty five. I think the game looks very similar to very similar to twenty thirteen. Just two stud teams going back and forth, but I do think Clemson's defense makes a strong stand late, simply because we have the mad scientist Jimmy Greenbeans Brent Venables at our um at our disposal, but I do think it's going to be a close game. I'm not, I only, I've only put money on the fact that I told a friend the game is going to have more Clemson fans than U- UGA fans. That's the only money I will put down on outside of that. My hands are up. I just want to watch one of the best football games I've ever seen.
2: I am in full agreements here. Uh, while you were giving your take, um, <laughs> oh man uh Garrett decided to donate 20 as well and he has chosen Aaron to sing the Georgia fight song and because we've been going on guys we've been going for two hours now Aaron you don't even have to do the full thing buddy just just <coughs> your glory. just hit just hit glory a little bit do, I, right. do I need you know <laughs> do you need the music do, do you need it uh no, i'll play it up in the be, background uh, all right Garrett's guys, gonna hook it yeah, up for you go ahead and
3: play it go ahead and play it um make sure this is recording so i can
2: oh buddy we're live fans you know, oh you know damn well this is live so guys get ready for this it should be
1: coming up soon Yeah. Uh,
2: so, guys, while while the fight song is pulling up, Garrett's pulling it up.
1: I, I, I want to go back to that bet Aaron had. I am actually want to get in on that bet, maybe uh, $25 to St. Jude. <laughs> but that nobody out travels the Georgia Bulldogs anymore, man. They overtook every stadium hey. they've been in lately. Hey, hey, and hey I, Here's I, the thing. They live over Notre Dame Stadium. They look like Vanderbilt, man, like a Vanderbilt oh, game. Oh, man. So I'm well, going to be with, real with you. I think you that Georgia has a bigger crowd than Clemson. Yeah,
3: I know my, um, my bet with my friend was 50 bucks. If, if it's obviously noticeable, there's more Clemson fans there right. then I get 50. If it is, if it's 50, 50, we just do a push. Right. And if there's obviously more UGA fans, he gets 50.
1: Wow. Um, it, well, I've already
3: sure? put more money down because my family made the mistake of not, of for some moronic reason, not getting tickets through Ipte. tried to get it through, uh, through Duke's Mayo themselves. Those tickets sold out in like three minutes. So um, I did drop a hefty amount of, to watch this game so if I am to lose the game and lose a bet I'm I'm not I'm not making it home from Charlotte <laughs> well yeah um I don't know I guess all the words to this song but I, but I know the keynotes and I know how it ends
2: look well yeah, I'll ready? tell you how about this I'll tell you when to stop just just all hit right. it for the first little bit since it's I, it's been a while
3: but I got to do the ender. I got to do the ender because I, I do respect that.
2: Okay, I, I'll let you do that. I'll, right. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you my take. Take it away, man. Take it away. All this right, is let's, Aaron go, let's, go. let's this get, get a, this. Let's get this. Two, one.
3: Glory, glory to old Georgia and to hell with Georgia Tech. Gory, I'll take it. Glory I, to
2: old Georgia. I'll take it. All I right. mean, I, I would—I'd would stick with Tennessee, but that's just me.
3: <laughs> well, I—I—I I, I, I gotta say, Georgia Tech—they're one of our rivals. Whoa, no,
2: so. Look, we—I hate them too. Don't worry, you're—you're—you're you're, you're not in unison. Look at this, man. We got some background music. Hope I don't get copyrighted. But I don't even care, guys. <laughs> you might have Georgia finding you soon. Oh, <laughs> Coach, Coach, Coach Kirby Copter comes yeah. to comes to me. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm freaking calls out.
3: you. Hey, man, you
2: can't do that. <laughs> How'd you get my number? <laughs> no, so I'm going to give my take here, guys. Um, last last take here, and then we're going to wrap it up. You, you look at this game on paper, and, and they're so even that it makes this a toss-up. You know, you look at Vegas lines. at what Clemson is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, I think it is. I, I, no, I can't do that. I don't feel comfortable making a pick. I wouldn't bet anything on this, just just not me right now. It's just so many so many question, like so many question marks in regards to like how just how even we are, Georgia and Clemson. You know, Georgia in the offseason, you know, question marks at, you know, secondary offensive line. Right now, I think the the only question that I have right now that's I'm really questioning and, and under and wanna see what happens, left tackle. And, and I think for this though, you look at Jamari Sawyer is gonna be in place for left tackle for this game. I do think for this game, maybe even this game only, by the end of the season, Amirius Mims is gonna be your left tackle. The dude is ready to go, but when it comes to a game of this magnitude, you, you need your you need your A game and you need the experience. And that's where Jamari Sawyer is gonna come in and hold down left tackle. But you sit there, you know. Georgia, we lost some guys off the offensive line as well. But this is a spot that Georgia is talent-wise very, very deep at. And guys can come in. And like I said earlier in the show, you know, outside of your left tackle, your blind spot, you know, your blind spot tackle position, you know, you can scheme guys, you know, like I think Tate Rowledge, if he starts at right guard, I think you're going to see scheme kind of help him with this. Uh, You can only help so much, but I think it will help him. The thing is, that's why you need your experience, obviously at your, you know, your blindside uh, tackle positions. You know, but let's be honest, Clemson lost a lot of offensive line as well. So this is where my take comes in. You know, who wins the battle of the trenches? Both teams have elite defensive lines. I think Clemson is just slightly better, but I think that, I think the reason why I say that is your your, your starters are ridiculous all across the board. I love Brazil, Murphy, Henry. I love them. Xavier Thomas, love them. But I just wonder, I think the depth may benefit Georgia a little bit. When you have, you know, you have Jordan Davis, you have Devontae Wyatt. You know, you look at your edge rushers, you have Adam Anderson, you know, uh, Nolan Smith. You have Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, Kobe Dean. Then you have Jalen Carter and Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker being 300 pounds running kickoff. Right? That's just a freak of nature, and and Jalen Carter, guys, that uh, you know LSU, you know Garrett. I don't know if you've seen him, dude is a fucking animal, and you know. But he, but Kirby wants that experience, so you know who's gonna who's gonna create the most havoc? Uh, you know which one? Like I said, they're both kind of even to me, but which one's gonna be more uh, dominant? You know, is it is it LSU's or not LSU? Is it Georgia's defensive line against uh, uh, their offensive line of Clemson? Or is it Clemson's D-line causing problems for JT? You know, but I also look at quarterback experience. JT has more experience. Games like this, quarterback experience matters. But obviously it stems back to the trenches. If, if, if JT has time, that's how you can beat it. If, if, if your defensive line is causing JT fits, you know, even if you're rat- not rattled, it's still going to be hard to make, pro- you know, production on the offensive side of the ball. You know, and then you look at you know the secondary for Georgia. Secondary, you know, obviously we lose all four guys to draft, and then you uh, you know replace them with Tyke uh, and Darian Kendrick. Uh, you know, and we're we're talented, but we're not experienced. Uh, and and when it comes down to Justin Ross and Ladson, Aaron, you know what I'm talking about, y'all's receiving core. Clemson can cause fits, but it's just a matter of who can handle it better, right? We we saw we saw Clemson kind of get in my opinion embarrassed against Ohio State. But Ohio State had Olave and they had they had a deep, very, very deep receiving core. You know, and that's kind of what George is bringing for the first time in what feels like forever. And and it's a nice feeling because we're not used to this kind of depth, even without Pickens, right? When Pickens comes back, I think he will, but not for Clemson, you know, then you're at another level. But right now, even without it, the addition of Eric Gilbert is going to be a problem. You know, for any team, it doesn't matter what defense, if you give them time, you look at the matchup with a, you put him in a slot position or X, right? You put him and Darnell Washington, which are two oversized guys that can run like receivers, That is very scary. Very scary. Ultimately, I think it comes down to a last possession. And I think the defense of whatever team will win the game. I think that is Georgia. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 38 35. And it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a classic. Aaron, you get to watch some of the best football you'll ever see. I think it happens too, man. I think
1: it happens. You know, you know. big question I got, really, I think it comes down to which players are going to make plays in space. Because I think both teams are going to try to offset that pass rush by trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands real quickly. And uh, that's one of the reasons I like Georgia, because of what they have in the running backs and tight ends as well. But, again, there's something about experience, man, there's something about winning and Clemson's done a whole lot more of it in the last decade than Georgia. And so there's reasons to be, to be nervous, but I don't think this is, uh, I, again, I think this has to be the year for Georgia because they have it in every position and in that depth. Yep. Absolutely. One of the
2: biggest
3: things though, that I would say, this is probably the biggest week one matchup we've had in almost a decade. This game in all honesty, has no effect on either team's playoff aspirations. Uh, Whoever loses this game, whoever wins this game, it doesn't make or break any playoff, which is why I love the way Clemson and UGA kind of worked out this three-game series. You know, all three games are week one. We got the neutral site. Then we got, I think, three years off. Then we're in Athens. Then we're in Clemson. Both teams, I mean – Clemson UGA, it, it any real college football fan knows that is a rivalry, that is a rivalry that should be played more often than it is. I want to see it played every year. I I would love to just drop the Gamecocks. They're trash. They're 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 worth nothing. They play in a dead cockroach stadium. Get them off our schedule. You guys drop Georgia Tech. And we go at each other home and home every year. That's the game that I want to see every year. That is the game my dad grew up watching. He he, he became a Clemson fan at, off of Clemson UGA. He went to Clemson because of Clemson UGA. He wanted to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. It should be every year. The, and the fact that both schools wanted to make it happen so bad and understood that hey both both teams are at this point now where we are top dogs we are a part of the elite let's play week 1 so it's fun we you know we get to itch the scratch or sc- scratch the itch if you will you know enjoy the high of playing but then also understand that you know it doesn't make or break a season you know UGA is the only team in the country right now who I think has a road to the playoff with two losses, right? UGA has, I, I think Clemson has more to lose because we can't lose again. Because if we're 11-2, and two, I don't think we're making it in because people are finally finally going to have a reason to keep us out. I get that. I understand it. It is what it is. UGA has a road to be 11-2 and two and still make the playoffs because of this game. I'm just excited. I, I do hope. Neither team goes. Oh well, we, we can drop this game. No, no. I I I want to see I, I want to see lateral passes. I want to see jawing. You know, not really fists thrown, but I want to see some open hand slaps on the helmet here and there. You know, I want to see Clemson versus UGA. That's what I want to see. I want a rivalry renewed, and I'm excited for it. You know, and the best part about it is if Clemson loses. Hey I, hey, I can still plan a trip out to Houston.
2: There you go. <clears throat> now, you know, Dr. SAC, you mentioned that was the best thing you heard. You know, I take that as a second best thing I've heard. If, if someone told me that they moved the cocktail party so that we could beat Florida's ass every other year in Sanford Stadium, that might be my favorite thing I would hear. But, you know, look, I would love to play Clemson every year. I think that's a true – like you're talking about a true litmus test. That's how you do it. You play the marquee games. And that's just what you do, which is why you look at teams like Georgia that set up uh, non conference matchups with Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, Clemson again, right? That I think that needs to be the way to go moving forward, right? The, the losses are whatever, if at that point, like if you have two losses, there, there's it's a reason you can. If you, if you come out and play those kind of games and come out with one loss or you know maybe zero losses, if you come out undefeated then you've earned the right to play in a playoff. That's just the way I look at it. But, guys, look, we're going on two hours and 15 minutes here. Uh, I just wanted to thank each and every one of you guys uh, for coming on, uh, taking your time, and and talking college football, uh, obviously for the calls here. Uh, St. Jude, you know, we donated. I want to say we see $70 here total so far. Uh, you know, thanks to everybody all that's all tuned. Thirty
1: the are making the hundreds.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Dr. SEC with the donation right there. And you know, like I said, you know, obviously we can sit here and talk football. We do it for our respective teams, uh, but I love I love kind of collaborating here for a greater good. Um, obviously, you know I love seeing kind of charity type things like this. You know, I, I do it because I love it, right? Like that's just me, um, you know. And I want to I want to you know see you know people you know enjoy college football, right? I want to see a, I want to see a Clemson fan. Talk about LSU or talk about West Virginia. You know, I, I like to see that. You know, it's, it's all good to have your team, but it's it's good to sit here and kind of keep your your scope around. But uh, obviously doing it for the cause just makes it that much more uh, more enjoyable and more meaningful. Uh, but on that note, though, guys, I'm going to go in, in, in order here. We'll go Aaron, we'll go Dr. SEC, and then we'll go uh, Garrett. Tell everybody again where they can find you, um, and then we will call it a wrap
3: all right well guys my name is aaron bass i am the i am the key contributor for fifth quarter clemson you you can find my personal at aaron j bass on twitter on instagram just about anything it's at aaron j bass you can find my fifth quarter account at fq clemson and then you can also find my articles on at fifthquarter.com slash author slash aaron j bass robert i think so much for having me on today. It's a great cause. I'm really excited for week one and maybe we can get, get together to do another collaborative effort before that game. But until then I got to go guys. Peace out. I appreciate it all. We'll see you soon.
2: Hi right, buddy. Thanks for coming on, man. Dr. Sec, uh, what, you know, where can people find your work?
1: Absolutely. Well, obviously you can go to Twitter, twitter.com, backslash the um, But the, uh, the way that we we'll are really being pushing over the next month is of course the uh, website secradio.live will be having a, uh, <clears throat> a master relaunch on uh, next Monday and then next Tuesday we're having a relaunch of the Dr. SEC TV network you can find on Roku, Apple, Amazon, any of those things just type in Dr. SEC and uh, you'll be able to download the channel there. We're doing a relaunch of it. so. Uh, it's, it's, it's a gamble because, uh, uh, we've got, uh, we've got over 150,000 subscribers right now on the, on the channel, but, uh, we needed to do some, some major upgrades and the only way to do it was this way. So we're going to try to encourage everybody to get out there and, and, and re-download the channel and give it five stars.
2: There you go. I know I, I have a Roku TV, so just to let you know, I, I'll, I added you as a channel, so I'm just All waiting right, for it.
1: Man. Thank you. Garrett,
2: where can people find you, buddy? You know, this is
4: going to be my personal. You're going to find Garrett St. Pierre. There's really not too many St. Piers in the world. Uh, then, you know, I'm a key contributor for fifth quarter LSU. I'm the only one who runs that page. You know, it's going to be fifth quarter LSU. Just look that up. Um, so, yeah.
2: Guys, thanks for coming in. Dr. SSC, thanks for hopping in. I know it was a little bit late, but, hey, better late than never. Uh you guys, know, I,
1: hope, I, didn't, I didn't expect I hope, that all gallbladder to come out Sunday.
2: No, I, you know, obviously talking offline, you know, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, obviously I don't want to push anything on you. So I was glad that you were able to hop it in, uh, hop in even if it was a little bit late. So no worries about that. Like I said, I enjoyed having each one of you guys on uh, the show. I look forward to, you know, listening to more content that y'all put out. I, I love listening to college football in general. Um, but on that note though, guys, look, like, subscribe, YouTube for the DGD Podcast. Obviously, this is Robert Reynolds. Find us on uh, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, like I said, YouTube, Twitter, right? The DGD Podcast. Facebook, you can find us basically anywhere. Uh, and also the website, dgdpodcast.com. On that note, though, guys, I hope everybody has a great time. Great calls for today. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, the donation link I will post up for, uh, in the YouTube and things like that. So that people can do that also in the show notes for the podcast, whether, like I said, if Spotify, Apple podcast, whatever, if you want to look it up, uh, do that right there. If you want to donate, the, the donations are still open. Uh, but on that other guys, I'm going to call it for this episode of the DGD podcast. Have a good day and go dogs.